Blog Talk Radio.
Thank you for the trials and tribulations. Thank you for the difficulties. Thank you for the hard times. Thank you for all of the chastening. Thank you for the, the uh, fiery trials that are to try us as if something strange has happened to us. Because many of us, if not the vast majority of us, feel that way, Father. And it is a definitely a fulfillment of the reality of your word. Father, we thank you for everything. We just praise you for moving things forward. We thank you that we didn't have to turn the website name into Tribulation Maybe. Um, we praise you, Father God, for helping us to be able to keep our heads together while the whole world appears to be falling apart. Um, we just praise you, Lord, for choosing us for the days that we're in right now. We don't understand why. We certainly don't understand why we would have volunteered for such a mission. And we pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you also anoint Brother Lauren this evening uh, because his, he's going to do his best to concatenate an exceedingly difficult and long journey into a program of a very short duration, which is challenging for anybody. And we just pray in Jesus' name, Father God, through the Holy Spirit, that you will anoint him, that you'll be able to get this message out to people, because it really does have an amazing, um, kind of like Holy Spirit, supernatural-filled uh, meaning that uh, could very well uh, be an indicator of some of the amazing and unbelievable supernatural things that the Bible clearly implies are going to be happening during the Great Tribulation. But uh, through your touch, through your benevolence, through your kindness, through your revealing of mercy or merciful uh, revealing of um, mysteries in the scripture over time uh while we don't think we have everything right we certainly don't and would never imagine that we would and we would want to abide by first corinthians 8 2 if we think we have you know if, if anyone thinks they know anything they know nothing yet as they ought to know but at the same time father we praise you and thank you for the things that you have revealed to us the things that you have confirmed to us over and over again we may not have all of the uh, uh pieces of the puzzle we certainly don't 
but we pray that we at least have a synopsis, maybe an introduction, maybe a sneak peek at some of the things that are uh, in store for us, not only uh, when we hopefully stand before you with exceeding joy beside Jesus in the throne room someday. Please, Father, in the name of Jesus, don't just call us, but choose us. Lord Jesus, please. But, Father, we, we also will be very well-equipped and motivated to be able to deal with the things that we have to deal with here on the earth as we're, in many cases, befuddled by the magnitude of the challenges that many of us have to go through and are going through, even, even as this show is proceeding forward. How sad it is, Father, for those who do not understand. But we just praise you for being so merciful that you will allow the darkness to overwhelm people. As it says in Isaiah 26, I believe it is hmm, 9. When your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. And, Father, we see these things happening across the world. We see them happening in so many countries that the really big news events that are occurring are overwhelming all the other events that are occurring that are apocalyptic across the world in such a manner that it's very difficult to track the wide array of fulfillments of the things that Jesus warned us about, which is probably why people will be giving and taking in marriage. Uh, one will be working in the field, another taken. That would be the barley harvest, no question about it. And Father, we just praise you for that, and we pray that we are eligible to be part of that barley harvest, that first fruits harvest. That we that if we have you know if if we're just you know if if our if our gifting and our calling doesn't include uh, being bold and bodacious like the sons of thunder that we at least set aside and are gifted with the energy that is required to set aside and wake up earlier in the morning to make our you know to establish for ourselves a prayer ministry and to take it very very seriously as seriously as you do father we praise you for this opportunity we thank you for this show we thank you for the craziness that we're all having to deal with we praise you for helping helping to keep us on the edge of our seat and also we pray in Jesus' name that we will continue our journey through constant confession of sin, self-examination, and changing our behaviors to align better with your will so that we can maybe at least be as close to being found perfect by you as your sons of God. We praise your name and we thank you. And now to him, our Lord Jesus, who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever, and ever, and ever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What is going on out there? Well, we know. You know, you can't communicate it with anybody. You know what? You can wake people up a little bit, and you can show them stuff. And, you know, and and a lot of people are catching on, a lot of people at my workplace anyways. Um, I just start out by telling them, you know, as soon as they say anything that even borderlines on touching on any kind of a conspiracy or questionable belief, you know, trickle or whatever, um, then what I do is I warn them and I say, uh, well, you better be careful with me because I'm probably the world's biggest conspiracy theorist. That's what I tell them, you know. And then, you know, sometimes one thing will lead to another. Sometimes, you know, they'll kind of roll their eyes. And if they roll their eyes, then I just back off immediately. And I'm like, hey, you know, and because, you know, you got to use wisdom. <laughs> you don't want to walk, you know, right into the fire, right? That's where, that's where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I think I'll steer clear of that one. Thank you very much. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's hear a cheer offering for that one. <laughs> oh, boy. Man, man, things are ramping up over in the Ukraine right now. But you know what? Things are going ramping up all over the world. There are all kinds of protests that are happening in so, 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 so many countries that we don't even know about. There was a pro-Nazi uh, rally that occurred up in New York just just today, I believe it was, um, maybe maybe within the last couple of days. Uh, and um, it was interesting. Very, It was a pro-Ukraine, pro-Nazi rally that occurred up in New York, and nobody said a word about it. Yeah, isn't that something? I guess, I guess we should not be surprised considering that there was a humongous Nazi movement, a Heil Hitler pro-Nazi movement that was uh, uh, occurring here in the United States of Babylon the Great back during Roosevelt's uh, period during World War II. A lot of people don't know about that. It was really huge, really, really huge, very, very pro, humongous. I mean, like thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people gathering in humongous stadiums, doing the whole Heil Hitler thing and all that kind of stuff, you know, here, right here in good old, you know, wherever'sville, USA. It's a big deal back then. Uh, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, anyway, uh, it, it got a lot of that going on all over the world. And then you got a lot of people that are awake, you know, to the new world order They're, you know, uh, what the actual numbers are. I, I would submit that it's probably a pretty small percentage of the overarching population of any given country, but it's still noteworthy when you consider that only a small percentage of people will go out and protest at all, uh, to see a gathering of two or 300 people out there that are, uh, you know, walking around with, uh, Russian flags and, trying to explain to people that we're being lied to and having it happen in like just this, you know, vast number of different countries all over the world, uh, you know, simultaneously in many cases uh, is uh, is pretty noteworthy. Uh, 
It's very noteworthy, actually, um, particularly because a lot of the countries that they're protesting in are um, so insane about how they're behaving. Now, you know, uh, the, the type of governmental system that is established here in the United States of Babylon the Great with its compartments, it's kind of like a United States naval vessel. You know, they call it airtight integrity, and, uh, you know, it's uh, every every – you know, compartment that you like, like, like if you're running through a ship and the ship is sinking and there's a big torpedo hole in the front of the ship, a lot of people don't know what, the, how, what airtight integrity, that's a proper design of a naval vessel. And basically what it means is they have the ability to close off a hatch. So if they're running from the gigantic hole, which is gushing water from the torpedo, they can run as fast as they can. But unfortunately, the sad part is if, you know, the first person that goes through the hatch is supposed to batten down the hatch, which means that they have to kill their fellow sailors. Um, that's the rule. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're trained to do. Um, uh, it's, you know, sacrifice for the, you know, the few for the many. Um, but, and if they fail to do that, when, you know, if they fail to do that, when they get hit with a torpedo, then the ship is going to sink and 400 people are going to die. So, uh, and that happens. That actually happens where people will be, you know, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't, I can't, you know, I, my friends are coming, my friends are coming and they'll wait. And then all of a sudden that gigantic tidal wave from the torpedo hole will just go rushing through and kill them all. And that's what, exactly how it works. But, um, uh, you know, we have a little bit of that going on uh, whereby uh, we'll just call it the Nazi West, the, uh, the uh, World Economic Forum led by the king Nazi of all king Nazis, uh, Klaus Schwab. Uh, and, uh, you know, and all of these elite entities, they actually call themselves elite and they're very overt about it. It's pretty sickening and the whole global reset and it's really the new world order, the sort of Socorum, blah, 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 blah. They've been planning this since, you know, the 1600s. The New Atlantis was written by Sir Francis Bacon, who was a Rosicrucian and, and, a, and a massive Satanist. And that was a, a, uh, uh, a, um, kind of like a symbolic writing, uh, very similar to, um, Atlas shrugs, uh, and it was uh, you know the symb- the symbolism in there is, is is basically about the establishment of a great great uh, governing entity or country that is intentionally destroyed uh, for the sake of uh, causing the rise of the Phoenix paradigm that's associated with the symbolism on the back of the one dollar bill. That was, by the way, created under Roosevelt, who was a 33rd degree Mason, by uh, a very close friend of George Wallace, who was his vice president. George Wallace was an extreme Satanist and very, very well known for practicing occult black magic arts. Very well known. Roosevelt was not unguilty. He was guilty. Uh, but, you know, of course, our historical annals uh, have everybody duped. So, you know, the the baby boomer one generation who's really po- what I call post-World War II, you know, they're all walking around going, oh, America this, America that, America the beautiful, America the unbeautiful. Put you, you know, thank God, I, thank you, Jesus, I was born in the Jane Fonda, you know, Kent State. Uh, Boomer 2 group, and I was uh, innately uh, programmed, uh, I don't want to say programmed, but certainly through experiential upbringing was innately uh, suspicious of the United States government. Because I was born as a baby in, a, in, you know, pretty much I was in a little tiny baby's, you know, carrying thingy, whatever you call those things. You know, going goo goo gaga, mom, give me some more Oreos or whatever. Or not Oreos, is it Oreos? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That that'll work. Or Cheerios. But anyway, um, when uh, when uh, the alum the the, the uh, bloodline family Illuminati member uh, Kennedy 
was uh, murdered by his own. So they eat their young, you know, and he's part of the 13 Illuminati, top 13 Illuminati bloodlines, and so is the Onassis. Onassis family is also. So basically we had Kennedy married to Jackie Onassis, which basically is two children of the Illuminati bloodlines, the top ones. And, um, you know, you know, it doesn't mean just because you're a part of the Illuminati bloodline doesn't mean you know it. You may have been born for that purpose as far as they're concerned. Like I said, they eat their young. But anyway, um, anyway, so, uh, you know, that's part of how they establish a control grid. And it's been going on forever and ever. And we have that going on right now with this whole rise of the Fourth Reich. I mean, going all the way back to 1984, you had what was called – it was a top-secret military, uh, uh, United States military, which is the epicenter of all things evil, Satanic military. That's why the Pentagon is in the shape of a pentagram. Okay, uh, you, you know, we had uh, the Rex 84 uh, top-secret program that was established during the Iran-Contra event. Remember that? Under, uh, you know, and, and – uh, oh, it's just so sick and twisted. But anyway um, – the information leaked out about the Rex 84 thing during a, a Senate subcommittee hearing at one point, and um, people started asking questions. And uh, you know, there were people that were on the, uh, you know, the ultra top secret side of the whole Rex 84 deal, and uh, they were like, you know, don't ask those questions, don't ask those questions, or, or you know, kind of like in a, you know, uh, however they do it, and you know, they have a protocol for the Senate to tell another senator to shut up, and they basically did. And told them, you know, don't go there, kind of thing. Um, but that's because they, they were the Rex 84 thing was the establishment. It was a military, uh, top secret military, uh, for, you know, uh, uh, program for the establishment of the FEMA camps. Of course, it was masqueraded and hidden beneath the whole Iran Contra deal and this, that, and the other thing. You know, they always masquerade whatever evil they're doing in some sort of a bundle of love, don't they? They call it the Patriot Act, but then later they use the Patriot Act to go and arrest what? Patriots and throw them in jail and let them sit there. I mean, military people, ex-military. It's just absolutely unbelievable. It's so satanic, so evil, so seeding evil. It is seeding evil. I mean, think about the analogous, the the, the visual that you should be getting from the idea of seeding evil. Imagine a wound that is so utterly infected that it seeds outside the bandage, and that doesn't even begin to light a match. To the sickness that is going on in the world right now, and we got to go through it all, don't we? Well, praise Jesus for that. You know, we just got to keep on saying bingo it, and uh, or if you want to use the uh, term that uh, that uh, uh, Ralphie used in a Christmas story, we have to say fudge it, and we got to keep on going and to say thank you, Jesus, and learn to praise our way through all the difficult things that we're going to uh, ultimately have to deal with. It appears to me, as best as I can tell from talking to so many different believers out there, that we are all being taken on a journey. Uh, and if you're not, uh, then maybe, uh, well, maybe you're going home. You know, I mean, if you're going home pretty soon and you don't know it, you should be happy. I have conversations all the time with believers that are just marginal in their beliefs. They believe they're really, really great believers, and they sing in the choir and play piano and all that kind of stuff. Never miss a day at church. But, um, you know, when you talk to them and they're like, well, where should I move to? You know, what should I do? You know, maybe I should move to Denver. Maybe I should move here. Maybe I should go to the Ozarks. And I'm like, excuse me, who are you running from? Jesus? You ought to hear the pregnant pause on the other end of the phone when I do that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
I'm like, you know, I'm the last person in the world that's going to pack up. I mean, if, 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 if Michael the Archangel doesn't, or Gabriel, whatever, doesn't show up in my house at the edge of my bed and go, oh, thou shalt move, go to Egypt and run for your life. I'm not going anywhere. Okay. Like I said, I'm, you know, I'll figure out a way to get my two uh, boxers up on the roof of the house with my um, Celestron um, Stargazer uh, 100 magnification uh, binoculars, which I'm going to use to watch the tidal wave come in if I'm here. Now, I hope I'm not here. That's, that's the thing. I hope that I pray in Jesus' name that every single one of us, and I do pray this for every single listener of this program, I do pray, pray for a ten, tenfold anointing upon anyone who even so much as mentions me to the Lord in prayer. Because I know we all have an agenda of prayer and family and friends and situations at work that we're trying. But it appears to me that the Lord is stretching us to the point of breaking. He, you know, and it's that whole concept, I get it, you know, scripturally. Well, the Lord will not give you too much from, you know, that you can handle. Well, let me just tell you something. When you're impetuous and emotional like I am by nature, believe you me, the Lord can give you more than you can handle. I'm just I'm just raising my hand and letting you know. Now I praise God at this moment in time I am absolutely overwhelmed. My thermometer top has busted completely. All of the alcohol has squirted out of the top of it, and I'm just sitting there in a pile of broken glass. And at this point I'm just kind of like going, okay, <laughs> whatever, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, you know I've uh, you know it's I don't know. I mean, uh, but but I am making some progress, and that's good. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, you know, it, 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 I, I, I see it, uh, and it, it is, it's slow going, uh, but, and, but I am seeing the progress, and I, I just absolutely praise God for that. Um, and uh, hopefully you are too. Um, I got a, a testimony from Brother Scott, who has been going through hell on earth, uh, and he, uh, he was, oh, my gosh, like on his fifth day of insomnia. Oh, that's bad. And I told him, I said, listen, here, try this out. And I was, uh, it's a long story, but I basically took, you know, I do this, these, you know, I, I do the whole, you know, what they call mindfulness. You know, like I said, I always take things away from the devil. I convert them over to Jesus and I make them Jesus things because meditation is not a bad thing. The Bible tells us to meditate, meditate upon these things. It says in Philippians four, verse eight, look at that. But if you were to talk to the average Christian and mention the word meditation, they would go, devil, devil, Satan, run for your life. Yeah, I know. But anyway, so I know spleen, shrimp fork, bag of wet sand, whatever. But you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. So anyway, um, but uh, I, I explained to him, you know, I, I you know, because, you know, taking some time to breathe. But just remember, you know, you don't want to do that empty your mind thing because it does open up. You know, if you're not a believer, see, that's the thing, too. You know, the, 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 the vulnerabilities that are associated with doing uh, mindfulness and taking time to breathe, taking time to imagine beautiful pastures, gorgeous places that you visited in the world. If you have uh, beautiful tulips coming up and breaking their way through the snow that many people have right now in a state of shock. <laughs> And I'm kind of jealous. I, if I was up there, I would be going to Walmart hoping that they still had one of those orange uh, snow saucers. But, you know, that's just me. I'm wacky like that. But anyway, um, uh, I think the Lord is stretching. You know, Scott, uh, I, I recommended. I said, you know, just try this, you know, because I had taken a mindfulness thing that comes with my Fitbit. Uh, you, t- you try to take my Fitbit from me, and it's like taking my King James Amplified Parallel Bible from me. I'm coming after you. But anyway, um, praise God, uh, you know, it, it, it has this mindfulness thing, and it works. But I just substitute Jesus. I put Jesus in the place of everything because Satan doesn't have any original ideas. That is the one 
colloquialism that churchianity has used over my entire life that is actually true. It's actually quite true. He contorts it, he twists it, he adds leaven, blah, 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 and then he tricks people in whatever way that he can trick him. But if you're ever going to be able to adopt or embrace the mysteries of the Bible that we're going to be trying to, you know, some of the stuff that uh, Brother Lauren, Lauren's practicing tonight. I called him up on the phone and he said he's make, taking notes and, he, and you know, I, I extended the length of the show because he's going to try really, really hard to hopefully capture your imagination and get this whole Yu-Gi-Oh thing out in one show. Now that for, for Lauren will be a true miracle from Jesus himself because Lauren is a detail freak and um, that gives him uh, a great advantage in explaining certain highly complex technical, you know, things, uh, but uh, it is also can be a, a big disadvantage when you're dealing with a group of believers that ha- are already listening to a long show, are, are being tormented by Satan, uh, haven't gotten sleep in several you know days, or whatever the case is, or have you know friends, family, um, uh, very, very bad children getting arrested, all kinds of horrible things, car wrecks, uh, job losses, uh, losing of the houses, foreclosures, all kinds of horrible things going on out there. Sicknesses and deaths and all that, and um and you know and then they tune into the radio show and they're, they're like, wait a minute, what is this Yu-Gi-Oh thing? <laughs> I was like, so anyway, so Lauren's going to try really really hard to get a very complicated testimony out tonight if he can. So he's taking notes to try to do that because it's the punchline that matters. And that's what I was I, – I called him up and I explained that to him. I said, brother, you know, and this is very hard for Lauren because that is absolutely contrary to his composure his his intellect his the how he's constructed by god fearfully and wonderfully made lauren's not that kind of person he doesn't he's not like i am he can't punch out you know the encyclopedia britannica in 30 minutes it's just not his style all right but he is going to give it a, a you know a, a good old high school try praise jesus and um and it's hard it is it is a complicated testimony and hopefully you'll be able to shave off enough to be to be able to get to the uh, the uh, 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 moral of the story, and then hopefully with a little bit of uh, blessing from the Lord, if he's able to pull it off, uh, then I will add in the piece that the Lord gave me that seems to align very, very closely with Revelation chapter 11, the holy fire, the fire, you know, the breathing of the fire, the two witnesses, and the testimony that, that I have regarding us being given a special mission when we go up to the marriage supper. Some of us will be taken into another room, and we will be offered, I don't know by who, but somebody's going to offer us, hey, do you want to go into eternal rest, or do you want to take the mission? Do you want to take the mission? And I was told by somebody who had been taken to heaven several times, who I know very well and now is in heaven, uh, John, take the mission, John. That's how he used to talk. He used to, you know, just how he was. Um, take the mission, John. And I was like, okay, dude, I got it. I totally get it. I'll take the mission. Although I can imagine, I can only imagine right now, given all the crazy, wacky stuff that we're all going through, that by the time, you know, it's hard to just, it's it's hard to be stuck in the flesh and being subject to all of this stuff going on and dealing with, God is definitely stretching us to the to our limits. There's no doubt about it. I actually had to make some major life changes on my end. Now, I, I hope they stick because I've got a major test coming up where I'm getting flown by my company up to a big manager's meeting, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, unfortunately, one of the stars. I don't want to be, but unfortunately, my specialization just happens to be, well, 
exceedingly profitable for the company. So all eyes on me, which, of course, I don't like. I have a theory. The tallest blade of grass gets cut first. (laughs) So anyway, I, I like to hang out in the background. Okay, and and they say that about radio show people. You know, they they say you know that you know we the reason why we do radio is because we're not fit for TV. <laughs> anyway, whatever, or, or 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 YouTube or whatever. And uh, you know, and I, I'm I'm I thank Jesus. I just praise His holy name that He kept me off of YouTube. If there was a time there, I had so many people badgering me. Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. 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 All everybody's getting canned from YouTube now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now that's the Holy Spirit. If there was. A movement of the Holy Spirit and a mini miracle from the Lord. Praise God. So um, anyway, uh, yes, Scott. You know, I I I said, you know, I, I by by some kind of a holy coincidence, I was taking. I just had a really hot, hyper stressful day at this one point, and I decided to take one of my little Fitbit mindfulness sessions. And the one said, um, "How to conquer worry." And I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. How to conquer worry. That I can dig that. I'm you know, I've got like, you know, five thousand train wrecks heading right at me. I'm like I'm like Penelope Pitt stop, you know? I'm like tied to the railroad track and there's like a junction point and there's like eight locomotives heading right at me. Oh, and by the way, I'm tied with, you know, uh what do they call that? Uh, case hardened steel. <laughs> and I got a bunch of VMTs with uh with uh bolt cutters and they're going, Darn, these things aren't working. <laughs> Okay, there's your analogy for my life right now. Anyway, uh, but I did get a little bit of a reprieve from the Lord. So there was a uh, there was a reschedule at the last minute, and I don't have to fly back to back weeks. Uh, the month of May 9th and the month of May uh, six, or I'm sorry, the week of May 9th and the week of May 16th. Uh, one of the major clients, which by the way, you, I guarantee you know, and you probably have an, uh, you know a, a relationship with them, but I can't tell you. Uh, but they won't use anybody but me. I don't even want to go there. I don't know why everybody seems to like me. <laughs> we have this one client. It's got this global. I don't know. It's all part of the Lord stretching us to the farthest possible. He's, it's like, you know that, that medieval thing where they stretch your body and they tie your hands on one side and tie your feet on the other? I can, I, it's almost like the Lord, you know, the Lord God tests the righteous. I almost imagine all of us kind of being on one of those medieval things where they stretch your body until it pops apart. And then we're, you know, and then it's like our heavenly Father's going, okay, wait, we need to test that saint a little bit more. He's gonna, he's gonna be instrumental. He, we need him to really be hardened, case hardened steel. Test him, test him, test him. The problem is, the problem is, I got to go up that manager's meeting, and everybody's gonna want me to, you know, uh, I don't know, join in the festivities. <laughs> now, how do you do that when you, when you, when you're already like pre-programmed to wake up 3:30 a.m. in the morning and pray for like a long time and take communion and everything like that, and then you got to go up with like 30 guys at work and they're all wanting to sit up and drink scotch and talk about the company and pat each other on the back and eat free dinners on the company and all this kind of stuff, and I got to participate in all that. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. <sighs> anyway. There's good problems and there's bad problems. I guess this is a good one. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and hit the news. Um, yes, we are all being uh, stretched. We are and, – and each one of our challenges, um, and maybe not everybody, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Praise Jesus if you're not being stretched. Hallelujah. You ought to be on your – man, if you're not on your knees crying out to God with your hands raised in the air with tears, alligator tears – the size of an 18-foot alligator down in Alligator Alley in South Florida by Naples and stuff. Um, 
then you're missing you're missing your your you should your naughty naughty you okay i have my little gratitude stone here and you know it's probably some kind of a freaky deaky new new age thing but i take it back from the devil and i use it for myself to give glory to god because i i think that if we would all think to ourselves this one thing what if you woke up tomorrow and the only thing that you had was what you praised god for the day before think about that so you know when I'm on these Zoom meetings with all these gazillionaires, you know, these CEOs and CFOs and board of directors people from these gazillion dollar global companies and stuff, I, you know, I told the one guy that I'm working with on one of these projects, I told him, I said, look, hey, you know, you don't need to be, he was like talking about, did you know that that was the CEO of the blah, blah, blah corporation that was talking on that one thing? And I said, you know what, bro? I said, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to know. Don't tell me. As far as I'm concerned, they're all wearing underpants and picking their nose. <laughs> I don't really care, you know, and uh, that's one of those Toastmasters things they teach you to do where you're supposed to imagine everybody in the audience wearing underpants, you know, and, and that way. You, and you're also trained by the Toastmasters to look over the top of the audience, not into the eyes of the people in the audience. I'm going to have a little bit of that action I got to deal with on the week of May 9th because I am not a public speaker. I do not like speaking in front of an audience. Matter of fact, I have a tendency to freeze up, uh, not really freeze up, but I get really ultra nervous and, you know, I don't sound, you know, I want to, I want to walk up there and take charge of the whole room and say, you know, my ex-wife told me to stop acting like a flamingo. I had to put my foot down and then have everybody go, you know, like that, that kind of thing. Or, you know, walk up and take the microphone and say, you know, everybody here has something in common with me. You have no idea what I'm going to say, and neither do I. Right? <laughs> I was going to think about that one. I don't know. I got to hold up my uh, prankster jokester reputation because uh, I'm well known for making the, cu the customers laugh, you know, because I don't like tension. You know, so I'm like, you know, hey, everybody needs to loosen up. I don't care what your title is. All right, hallelujah, thank you. Now, that, that can backfire, Aaron. You say you do have to watch your P's and Q's sometimes. You got to look at, you know, if you can see them on a Zoom session and they got a growly look on their face, uh, then, you know, you don't want to do the flamingo joke. All right, well, anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so anyway, kids, are you ready to move forward? All right. All right, kids, why can't you iron... A four-leaf clover. Why can't you iron a four-leaf clover? Because you're not supposed to press your lock. <laughs> press your lock, get it, iron a four-leaf clover. <laughs> hey, all right. I'll take that. Praise God. i got to put a little red X because these here are graphics, and I can't just delete it. Otherwise, I'll just keep repeating the same joke on every show, and eventually somebody will send me an email and go, hey, Hey, monkey breath, you keep saying the same joke over and over, and I'll be like, um, oh? <laughs> you know, because, oh, anyway, so I said it's a miracle I'm even on this program anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so next one up. What do you call a plant that roars? Roar. What do you call a plant that roars? A dandy lion. 
roar. Come on, kids. Come on, kids. All right. All right. That's all you get for tonight. I, I'm busy. All right. Hey, chill out. Take it easy. Spanky, no signs. All right. Goodness gracious. <clears throat> oh, these children. You're good kids. You're good Jesus kids. We love you. You're a big part of the show. Okay. All right. I'll take that. Off we go with the headlines. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, ready, get set, go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Game over. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So listen to this. This is absolutely brilliant. Okay. Now, I almost kind of wish I had canned laughter on the sound panel, okay? And, yeah, I do have a big group of kids right over here to my left. Right, kids? Don't I? <laughs> okay. Theater of the mind, right? Hey, when Lauren comes on, remind me to play this. You know what I mean. Or maybe this. He likes both of them. Anyway, praise God. Now, listen to this. Now, for those of you out – okay, so for those of you out there that don't think that the Russians got it together, I'm about to change that perspective. Now, if you don't think it, it's just because you don't understand and you don't know and you've bought the narrative of the rise of the Fourth Reich, the House of Windsor, the Black Pope, and and the whole toppling of the global – financial collapse that's coming, all the things that Jesus warned us about, the imminent nuking of the United States of Babylon the Great and Revelation 18 burning by, you know, from sea to shining sea by fire in one hour, which is going to be done by Russian submarine-launched nuclear missiles, which are seven seconds from the press of a button to impact. I don't think Joe Biden can figure out where his left ear is in seven seconds. And that's being kind, by the way. Now, never mind. So let me get back on track. All right. So the Russians, this is brilliant. This is so brilliant, so utterly, utterly, absolutely. I mean, I literally – now, you have to understand that I – if you haven't figured this out already, I am absolutely, utterly unlike anybody else out, out there. I, I have a uniqueness quotient that is like on a whole other – I don't know, realm or something. Uh, and I get it. I get it. Um, and I'm, I'm sure because of it, I'll probably have to forfeit some, you know, rewards in heaven and everything and be banished to the top of a mountain in a pup den somewhere. And maybe you'll come and visit me someday. That's why I'm always asking Sammy Mwangi if he'll let me, you know, come to some of his cookouts in his mansion. But anyway, um, so this is just brilliant. All right, so let me tell you the story about the Z, the Russian Z. Now, this is the real, this is the real story, and of course, you can listen to the narrative, and you can listen to the, the Australian folks, which are just they're they're so sunk. The Australian continent is toast. What you have to imagine, what has happened to Australia is basically, if you know, you know AOC, 
and uh, Iliad Omar in our, you know, uh, in our Congress and how dorked up it is in the United States that they even made it into the Congress in the first place, let alone that they even have a say at all, that anyone in the whole world would even listen to them for a moment? Okay. Imagine walking into the Parliament of Australia and seeing like 65% of the members of Parliament being AOCs. Young people, mostly, I'm telling you folks, that's what, that's what, they're, they're gone. They're gone. Uh, the Australian continent is toast. It's over. It's game over. They, they will forever be a hotbed. If we want to see what, what, what the next horrible thing that is going to happen uh, in the global reset, just keep your eyes focused tightly on Australia. All right? But pay close attention. All right? Now, that being said, it's sad because we have a lot of Australian listeners, and um, I think they kind of know it already. <clears throat> now, but in Australia and many, 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 many other European or EU nations, they can't pull this off in the United States because of the way the government is compartmentalized. Each individual state is its own, has its own legislative, uh, 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 you know, it's got all three branches of the government for each each state, okay? Legislative, executive, and um, uh, uh, oh, daggone it, judiciary branch. Okay, and, and, and so and they have their own constitutions and da 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 right? So they're compartmentalizable just like a ship. Like I told you, when it's sinking you watertight integrity, you close the hatch and the ship stays afloat. And four hundred people don't die, thirty do. All right. Now th- th- that's what keeps this country from, you know, doing some of the things that it wants to do, and it's very irritating to the Klaus Schwabs of the world, which is why he wants to have some kind of a, you know, blame Russia for some kind of a massive cyber attack, and they're probably orchestrating it, and of course they'll blame Russia, and it's a false flag. We're, this country does more false flag than anybody else in the whole wide world. We've been doing it for, golly, I mean, my goodness, so long it just, it, it makes Moses seem like he's three years old and floating down like the river. Okay, but anyway, um, well, smaller than that, but whatever. Listen to this. All right, you ready? This is absolutely brilliant. So, so the story behind the Z is much deeper than you might think. Because if you listen to the global narrative that is so lacking that if you were to place an IQ on it, it would be about the temperature of Nibiru, which is minus 243 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, that being said... Listen to this. Okay, the real story about the Russian military equipment having a Z placed on it is because the Ukrainian uh, uh, Azov Nazi battalions, which are also embedded deeply into the government, and also which Zelensky is one of them, and, and oh my gosh, the, the ignorance and the unbelievable lack of understanding that is out there. But that's part of the plan, and they know. They know the vast majority of people in the world are too busy or they just don't give a rip. They're too busy worrying about whether or not little Johnny's going to have to wear a mask and go to school. They're too busy about whether or not there's an LGBT, whatever, LMNOP thing going on in there, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Okay, and they know that. They monitor everything we see. They run through supercomputers. They look for keywords. They do samplings, and they come up, and they're like, oh, wow. That's what they do. Okay, so anyway, um, uh, but here's the real story, okay? 
The problem for Russia, knowing that they were going to do this special operation to go in and wipe out the Nazis, which, by the way, are, it's like it's like imagine stage four uh, Parkinson's disease or Luke or whatever, part, you know, non lymphoma, whatever, Hodgkin's or whatever. And you're di- you're dead. OK, well, that's how bad the Nazi infestation is in the Ukraine. And then, by the way, it goes into Poland. It goes into several other countries. It tracks all the way back to the Holocaust, and the founding father of all things Ukrainian Nazi was a guy by the name of Bandera. That's a little bit of the history, and you can look it up yourself. But anyway, um, and Putin knows about all this, of course. And he also knows that tens of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of babies have been slaughtered for the last 14 years just because they spoke Russian. I, I don't pay any attention to Fox News or any of the mainstream media at all except to see what mentally ill narrative they are feeding the people who are poisoned by their multiple vaccine booster shots, um, uh, you know, are buying. That's the only reason I look. I just want to see how dumbed down the population is. <laughs> okay. Now I, I, I tune in and watch the actual footage. I see it happening. I know what's going on. I have friends there. I told you that I've even played audio clips of one of them. All right. You know, Tatiana and stuff. All right, and her mom's over there, and she's very worried because they're they're starting to move into Odessa where she lives, and they've got the uh, Odessa Lake uh, dam is wired with explosives. The Nazis got that wired with explosives, and it it'll put the water ten feet over her house if they blow it and blame Russia for it. Of course, that's what they want to do. That's why they're launching shells at the power substation for Chernobyl. They tried to cut the power, and Belarus had to come in and run wires and cables into Chernobyl. And then they had to put Russian troops up there to protect it from the Nazis, who are murdering everybody and putting them in mass graves, which, of course, they're blaming Russia on. And Russia is also fully aware that they're planning – look, 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 look. It's, I, I could go on for hours because it's unbelievable. Now. You know, the last bastion of hope, which there is no there is no bastion of hope. Jesus is the only bastion of hope. Our Holy Bible is the only bastion of hope. There is no hope. It's game over. Okay? Simple as that. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, I'm unshakable on this point. We have we are deep into we are I don't know how deep we are into the second seal, but I will say this. The second seal is definitely a work in progress. Okay, when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come and see. And another horse, fiery and red, went out. And it was granted, granted, granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that the people should kill one another. And there was given him a great sword. The Russian army is known as the Red Army. Red horse, Red Army, get it? Oh, it's so complicated. My brain is bleeding. So anyway, the reason why they put the Z on the military vehicles is because guess what? Guess where the Ukraine got a very large percentage of their military equipment? From Russia. (laughs) Okay. They needed to be able to tell who was on their side and who wasn't. So when they saw a tank cruising along, they're like, hey, there's a Z there. It's one of our guys. Don't shoot. Don't blow it up. That was the purpose of it. Okay. Pretty simple stuff. Actually kind of brilliant. So then the Ukraine Nazis start putting Zs on their tanks so that they won't get blown up to try to trick and you know uh, uh, you know uh, tr- you know and protect themselves from getting because they're they're so losing they're losing so bad and anything that you've heard contrary to that is absolutely utterly insane. 
Russia is steamrolling over every place that they go into. Any other news? Absolute balderdash, absolute poppycock. It doesn't get any more stinkier than that. All right. Now, that being said, get this. So the <laughs> the lobotomized people out there that are just passing along this narrative that nobody – and I mean, you would just have to suck down gallons of fluoride to believe this stuff. They're telling people out there, well, obviously this is a show of solidarity, so if anyone displays the letter Z, you are guilty of a criminal offense. And I'm like – Okay, Hannibal Lecter, where are you? Please cut open the top of my skull and just start taking it out. I don't need my – to exist on this earth, obviously, all I need is enough gray matter to fit the inside of a hollow pea. So Russia – this is brilliant. So Russia's response to the Z being made forbidden verboten. We got to say it, you know, we got to say it like, you know, a proper Nazi, right? It's verboten to put a Z up. I even have a little Z here, a little thing on. But I'm going to have to take it off for the meeting. I might upset somebody. But anyway, um, so get this. This is, this is so brilliant. So I'm like doing my nightly scan through, you know, the top because I just look right. I go right to the source. I am looking at the Russian vehicles. I am watching them move from one place in Donbass to another place in Donbass. I am listening to the testimonies of people who have lived there, have had their children murdered, have had their husband shot in the street, have, have had been cut off of food. They have been raped, murdered, tortured, pillaged, bombed, destroyed uh, for 14 years straight. And they're crying their eyes out, and they are saying, thank you, thank you. They're running up to the Russian vehicles and the tanks with flowers in their hands. Like I said, it looks like the French, the end of the World War II and the liberation of France. That's what it looks like. Never see that in the Fourth Reich news system, will you? Now get this, <laughs> okay? This is great. So guess what? So... So the world has got to ban the letter Z, right? Because you're going to go to jail if you display the letter Z, right? <laughs> ridiculous is this? So Putin tells the Russian uh, uh, armed forces to put the entire United States alphabet, the English alphabet, all 26 letters on all of their military vehicles. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. And it's on all of their vehicles now. You know why? Because now we have to ban the English language. Pum, pum, pum. I'm looking at a convoy of Russian military tanks and armaments moving through Donbass region with A, B, C, D, L, M, N, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V. They put it on there. <laughs> okay? This is absolutely brilliant. How can anybody in a situation as gruesome as they're having to go through being blamed for every single thing falsely by the vast majority of the world, falsely, for doing a good thing, ordained by God in the second seal. And they still have enough of a sense of humor to put the whole English alphabet on their trucks. That, you don't get any better than that. Hallelujah.
All right, praise God. Next one up. Here we go. Moldova. Moldova. I, a lot of times I'll say Moldovia. I don't know why I do that. <clears throat> I don't know. They call it Kiev, and then they say it's Kiev, and it's like, you know, oh, it's the English pronunciation. But wait a minute. We can't use English anymore. We're going to upset somebody. Somebody that's woke and anti-Russian out there. <laughs> okay, got to keep on going. No matter what. Here we go. Trudge on. Okay, Moldova holds urgent security meeting over the Transnistria blast. And you might say, well, it couldn't get any worse. Now, remember that these shape-shifting reptilian entities of the Fourth Reich, the Global Reset, are, are they want people to starve. They want power to cost so much money that people die in their houses frozen to death. They want all the farms to run out of food. They want pestilence and famine. They want global bioweapons to be released. They want it all. They want it. Why would they want it? They want it because it heralds the arrival of their God. They believe that Lucifer is their God. And they believe that our Heavenly Father is a pest named Adonai. They believe it with all of their heart. They teach their indoctrinates or their whatever, their fellow members of the elite. They teach them that the Bible is encoded. And you have to turn it upside down to understand the truth. And Lucifer is the true great architect of the universe, which, by the way, is taught to all the Masons. That is, if they get past the blue levels where they just go to watch pornos and chicken wings when they say, knock, 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 maha bone. And anybody out there that's Mason knows you never want to say maha bone. It really upsets them. They'll be like, who is your Putin Tate? They're going to tell on you. Oh. One time years ago, I put Maha Bone on a bumper sticker on the back of my car. My goodness gracious, boy, you'd have thought I'd have. Oh, every, every mason at every red light was beeping their horn and yelling at me. They get off your car. Anyway, all right, so Mo, listen to this. So Mo, now remember, remember that, that Putin just wants to go in, clean house, get rid of the Nazis, and, you know, in theory – annex the portion that has the Russian speak, speaking people as much as you can, which includes Odessa. And, uh, and that's coming up. That's next on the list. Okay. So just so you know, Odessa's next. Uh, Donbass is next. Donbass is in action. It's work in progress. Okay. And uh, Don, uh, Odessa's next. And they're already getting, they're, they're getting ready. And of course, the Nazis are doing all kinds of horrible things and setting up explosives and mining the beaches and all that kind of wacky stuff because they don't care about it. They want to kill as many people as they can and blame it on Russia. That's what they do. All right, now, um, uh, let me see here. So let's talk about Moldova for a second so you get, get the whole thing. You've got to understand how this all works. So why in the world would the Azov Battalion Nazis in the Ukrainian army and government and Zelensky and company that are really good friends with Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and all that other creepy shape-shifting weirdness, why would they attack – Transnistria. <clears throat> and you're like, what's Transnistria, dude? That sounds like a really bad, you know, 
allergy or something. I'm reaching for my claret and just hearing the very word. Okay, here's why. Because just like in the Ukraine, where they have the Donbass region with Russian-speaking people, in Moldova, which is a country that borders on the Ukraine, on the other side of the Ukraine, the eastern side, which, you know, is a country called Moldova. And it has another breakaway province, which has Russian-speaking people that don't care much for how Moldova runs their country for probably like a bazillion really good reasons. And uh, and they kind of did the kind of dumbass thing. And they said, you know what, if they all hate us so much, we'll just kind of hang out together. It's like Chinatown. It's like, you know, birds of a feather flock together kind of thing. Well, wouldn't you, if you were living over there and everybody hated you, of course we, of course you would. If, you know, if you were in a place where everybody was throwing tomatoes at Christians, you'd want to find, you know, a Christian hangout place, right? Well, anyway, so so the Azov Battalion Nazis are bombing Transnistria. Now, why are they doing that? Well, for one thing, they hate them, and they don't care how many people they kill and murder in the long way. But there's a much bigger, more seething evil reason. If they can really bomb a lot. Now, so far, it's been relatively minor, and they took down two radio communications towers. But but right now, Al Al Jazeera News, which has drank the Kool-Aid and is waiting for the – never mind. Al Jazeera is totally in on it, so forget it. Um, But anyway, their headline is Moldova holds an urgent security meeting after the Transnistria blast. Now, the – the dream of all dreams, the most awesome thing that could happen to the Klaus Schwab global elite shape-shifting reptilian Nazis would be to force Putin's hand into expanding the war in triggering what's called Article 5 of the NATO deal. All right? Now, Article 5 basically means they can go in and attack. But really, you got to kind of understand that that's really kind of not what they want to do. What they're trying to do is to anger Russia so bad that um, Russia strikes, and then it does turn into World War III. That's what they want. That's their goal. They already know they're going to be beat. There, there isn't anybody with a brain the size of a flea that understands military strategy, that doesn't realize that Russia is going to smoke NATO. They're going to smoke them, they're going to eat their lunch, pop the bag, and there's just going to be dead people everywhere. They're going to mow over them like, you know, an angry lawnmower. Okay, but anyway, um, that's all kind of beside the point. The point is that they're bombing Transnistria because it is exactly what happens is what's happening in Transnistria is the same exact thing that is happening in Donbass on the opposite side of the Ukraine, which, of course, would make Putin go, no, no. And that would make him open up another front to protect the people in Transnistria. That would be on the opposite side of the Ukraine. And the worst is that it would be inside of NATO territory. You hear what I'm saying? That would expand it out further so that they could potentially launch Article 5. Now, I'm not even sure if Moldova here. Let me look this up. Okay, is is Moldova 
part of NATO. Okay, obviously I'm not the only one. The Republic of uh, Moldova does not allow the deployment of armed forces of other states on its territory. Thus, since Moldova's uh, neutrality is enshrined in its constitution, the country has no plans to join either NATO or the CTSTO, CSTO, whatever that is. I don't even care. All right, anyway, um, so uh, the answer is no, they're not. However, um, the, prov- the provocation, the hope would be, would be enough for, you know, them to trigger Article 5. They're, they're desperately trying to figure out a way. Look, look they, it's not – they don't care. They're already successful in destroying the economies of, of the Western world. They're already successful in the global reset. They're already successful in establishing the control grid. They're already successful in, in censoring everything that we say. They're already successful in listening to every single thing that we, we say, things do. They're already successful in doing all those things. The global control grid is established. It is already a game over situation. It is just a matter of them pulling the plug. Somebody has to pull the big red lever. They're trying to get Russia to attack us. That's what they want to have happen. They already know they're going to lose. They're they're fine with that. That's totally cool with them. They got it. There's a reason why we opened up the Afghan war, the Afghanistan war. It was to kill off all of our Navy SEALs. It's the, there's a reason why Biden mandated all of the vaccines for the military personnel or else we're going to give you a dishonorable discharge and kick you out. Because it, sends, take, it takes our most experienced military people and casts them into the street with felony records. Don't you see? They want Russia to do this. They want the world to collapse. This is their goal. They want their god Lucifer to take over. They want the Antichrist to rise. And now you know the rest of the story. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z, or whatever I have. Can you do it backwards? <laughs> I think it's like, hey, man, uh, would you step out of the car? I think I smell beer. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, Ossifer. Uh Now stand on one foot and say the alphabet backwards. Man, I can't do that if I'm like, you know, on my fourth cup of, or fourth pot of coffee. So that's kind of unfair. But anyway, whatever. All right. Praise God. What do you think, kids? Huh? All right. So anyway, the English language is now officially banned from all Western states. So technically, (laughs) we all need to stop talking. Be quiet. You're in violation. We are going to come to your house. We are going to come to your house, says Klaus. And he, under the NDAA, the National Defense Authorizations Act of 2012, are going to establish, under the Patriot Act, extraordinary rendition. And we are going to come and take you away because you speak English. Hey, wait a minute. That sounds like Donbass. Nah. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Oh, my goodness. Things are heating up, aren't they? Oh, my gosh. Yes, they are. All right. It's the end of the world as we know it. Is that a is that a copyright violation? Am I allowed to even sing it? Oh. Next headline up. Turkey reportedly building production facilities for air missile defense systems. That is a very interesting dynamic because historically they have always bought their stuff. That's interesting. Means that Ankara is getting, well, a little bit World War II. I'm sorry, World War III antsy, doesn't it? Hmm. 
Maybe they think Russia is going to come down. You know, did you know that Turkey's right there, on, pretty much on the border, right? Right there on the edge. You know, Ankara's like, you know, <laughs> Erdogan, what is he, like a giant? Does he have like six fingers and like a, I don't know. That guy is like, what is he, like 18 feet tall, that guy? I don't know. Every time I see him on a news report, I'm like, put Dr. Fauci beside him. <laughs> No, that would be a funny, that would be a funny uh, uh, picture to see. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. Neo-Nazi fighters set up blocking detachment uh, to prevent Ukrainian troops or Ukrainian troops from retreating. Uh, prisoner of war says, uh, "Yeah, for those of us who've been paying attention." You're good. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. Next headline. Okay, Yahoo News. Oh, boy, are they evil. Uh, but I'll read it because um, uh, it's coming from the – well, the, head, the, the, very, the very epicenter of all things deadly destruction worldwide, the Pentagon. <laughs> the pentagram, right? The world's largest pentagram. Oh, I'm sure it was a mistake in the design. I mean, come on. Henry Wallace didn't mean to hook up with the guru Nicholas Rorick and put all kinds of evil satanic stuff on the $1 bill. I'm sure it was just an accident. (laughs) Oh, next one up. Little shift in gears here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute. Oh, I I forgot. I forgot. I got to do the Pentagon slide. Listen to this. This is sad, really. Five suicides occurred on the USS George Washington as sailors raise worries over mental health. Yeah, because you made them take like 50 booster shots or else they get a dishonorable discharge, you bunch of that nabbit. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, take away all of our frustration so we can just float around as light beings and smile the rest of the journey. Hallelujah. And thank you, Jesus. Next one up. New case of Ebola. New case of Ebola. Hemorrhagic fever is found in DR Congo. And this is a little bit of a dated report. So by now, it could be lots and lots and lots of new cases of Ebola. And the question is, is it the same one? Or is it a variant? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Next up. Russian Ministry of Defense reports United States is planning provocations to accuse Russian forces of using weapons of mass destruction in the Ukraine. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Not that again. Oh, no. What do you think? You think Trump is part of the family? I think he is. I think he's part of the family. Do you know who the family is? Watch the documentary on Netflix. They think they're Christians. They tell everybody they are, but they're not. And when you watch them, You'd be pretty sure that they are, but they're not. They twist. Where was Trump on on Easter? Hmm? On the golf course. Why? Because he's not the president, and ain't nobody watching him right now. So he don't care. The family, which is a very evil, satanic version of Christianity, located in downtown Washington, D.C., contorts Romans 13 and tells everybody that joins the family— That you are ordained by God, because Romans 13 says that God has appointed all leaders of all governments. Of course, they leave out the fact that that includes Nebuchadnezzar, you know, the Iron Yoke of Babylon around the Jews and all that other stuff. And the appointment of, you know, Putin to be riding the red horse. 
I'm just an innocent bystander. I'm just some goofy guy in, in the Golden GIB studios here in Tampa, Florida, wearing, you know, a Hawaiian shirt or whatever you want to call it, tropical shirt, and four sizes too large because that's how I like it. Praise God. And I always got to run over and change real quick before I do a Zoom meeting. I was like, oh, no. Uh, hallelujah. Next one up. Here we go. Bird flu in China reports a human H5N6 avian influenza case in Sichuan province. Sichuan makes me, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of doing the keto thing, and it's finally kicked in a little bit. I'm doing those slim fast keto shakes, a lot of those. I'm drinking a lot of those. They have um, MCT coconut oil, but they're expensive. Those all get out. But, boy, they work good. Anyway, a deadly outbreak severely hits the United States, United Kingdom, and, and, and Europe, and, and there are like bazillions of the, – the, the famine's coming, folks. It's real. It's going to hit us all. All right, next one up. I mean, you know, global third – it's the third seal. Third seal's in progress. So is the second seal. So is the fourth seal. They're all in progress. My hypothesis about Jesus cracking all the seals and letting the scrolls roll out in parallel was correct. It is happening right now. Hallelujah. This is – Undeniable. <laughs> Praise God. But you got to know your Bible really well and, uh, you know, be able to see. And most people are too busy taking little Johnny's mask off and going, yay, he doesn't have to wear a mask to his school where they're going to still teach him LGBT stuff. All right, next one up. Water war. Northern Arizona may see drinking water cut off as Lake Powell continues to dry up. Again, it's, this, this is going to be bad stuff, folks. It's happening all over the world. It's been happening. It's been getting worse every single year. Another headline, airline substitute buses for planes as there is a pilot shortage now because everybody's going, yay, the pandemic's over. Let's fly, 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 fly. And lucky for me, my company's doing the same thing. Phooey! Oh, oh well. But I got that, that really cool thing that lets you sleep sitting up, so uh, at least I have a shot. Because I get tired, you know. I don't know the the sound. That's why I got to wear the Bose Quiet Comfort headphones or whatever. I got the earpieces; they work just as good, and you don't doesn't take as much space up. But that's important because if you're one of those people that gets lulled to sleep by the sound of a jet, because that is oh man, that just oh, and it makes me so exhausted. I can only I fly a couple of hours and I just walk off the plane. I'm bumping into the walls. I'm knocking over uh, flight attendants. You know they're like calling the you know TSA on me, and I'm like going, no, everything's fine. I'm just tired. Theater of the mind, folks. Next one up. 769 vaxxed, 769 vaccinated athletes have collapsed on the field over the last year. Yes, that is true. Next one up. Ukraine to receive customized combat drones directly from the United States. And by the way, when you pay attention using the methods that I have already explained that you can use, and you watch what's actually happening, not listening to the baloney that's being jammed down our throats, um, then what you know is that the Russian armed forces are capturing tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of United States special forces and CIA agents that are over there helping the Nazis slaughter people. Isn't that precious? Doesn't that just make you want to smile a big Jesus smile? The answer is no. Okay. Right, kids? The answer is no. Oh, I know. I know. The wake-up guy is going to – Hey! Wake up! 
It's the reason why this country is called Babylon the Great. All right, next one up. Attacks, question mark. Russia's biggest chemical plant burns to, uh, burns down mysteriously, and six were killed in an unexplained fire at the Russian Defense Research Institute in Tver. You know, I don't know. Now would be a good time to get, like, Rosetta Stone and learn how to speak Russian. <laughs> I got my friend Tatiana Tatiana that can help me, but uh, she's too busy doing her translation job. Oh, well. She might do it anyway. That's the best way to learn, to have a friend teach you how to things like, you know, say things like, you know, in Russian, say like, uh, you know, the cat has pointy ears. (laughs) You know, stuff that's like really valuable when you're lost in an airport. (laughs) <laughs> that kind of stuff. All right, praise God. Next one up. By the way, I have been. That thing about everybody speaks English and all the countries and all that kind of stuff, it's a lie from Satan. I have traveled internationally, and nobody speaks English. They look at you like you're some kind of insane lunatic. And by the way, we're like the only country in the world that has signs in multiple languages. So forget it. If you ever go over to, like, see Munich or whatever, or go visit Neuschwanstein Castle, good doggone luck with that. I actually had to practice when I was there. Yeah, because I found out the hard way. And by the way, good luck also finding an ATM machine, because they don't understand what you're saying when you're trying to tell them that you need to find an ATM machine. <laughs> okay? And now you don't have any money. And, you know, you can't use – well, you can't even speak English now. It makes it a lot harder. But, yeah, I've been – you know, they drop you off in, you know, airport in Munich or Dusseldorf or Duisburg or wherever, and you're just, like, looking around going, what do I do now? All the signs are in German. You know, Heimerin plots with a arrow pointing some way, and you're like, what's that mean? You know, at least I know how to figure out the street names or whatever. Because <laughs> it's like compound Germanese, like it's Deutsch and all that, and Dutch, and it's compound words. So Heimerin plots actually means Heimerin place. Heimerin plots. But they, they say it as one word. So when you try to, it's complicated. Everything is complicated except English, and now English is banned. What are we going to do? Iraqi news reports Pakistan separatist group warns China of more deadly attacks. Oh, no, this can't be true. European Union to boost Russian gas imports through countries willing to pay in ruble. And by the way, they've already cut off a handful of countries that were unwilling to pay in rubles, and now those countries' leaders are going, that's cruel and unjust punishment. We only want you to be punished, Russia. How dare you punish us? No, I'm serious. That's exactly how they're acting. It is, I, I think, do you think it's the 50th booster, or maybe it's the 48th booster? What do you think it is? What's causing this this insanity? Are they all going to turn into zombies and start walking around, you know, and, and like, you know, trying to eat people and stuff, you know? It's like, oh, look, it's another member of parliament coming this way. Help us! <laughs> Four European Union buyers made gas payments in rubles. So a lot of them are like, forget your noise, you you Fourth Reich World Economic Forum freaks. We're not freezing to death for your nothing. No, we're going to do it in rubles. Nana boo boo, nana boo boo, try to stop us. Oh, it's Poland and Bulgaria that freeze. <laughs> they refused. And now they're going like, oh, no, what do we do? What do we do? 
We're going to freeze to death. Silly wabbit. <laughs> you know, don't you know what's going on, guys? Oh, no, we're too busy bending the letter Z. Hey, let's have a special, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, session of Parliament to ban the letter Z, shall we? Yes. Hurry, everyone. Come in from vacation. Cancel your vacation in Bora Bora and join us in our special parliamentary session to cancel the English alphabet. U.S. weapons sent to Ukraine are destroyed by Russia and end up in the black markets, according to ex, uh, of, you know, the United States officials, which is true. It was talked about on Believe It or Not. Yes, you guessed it. Tucker Carlson. They're still letting him get away with some stuff. That's because he's making him a ton of money. See, the one thing, the one thing that trumps, pun intended, the one thing that trumps the evil agenda is their greed. Nothing trumps, pun intended, their Greed, which is why Tucker Carlson hasn't been eliminated from Fox yet. He's making them a fortune because there's a few people out there that kind of get it. Listen to this headline. This is very troubling. The foreclosure avalanche has started. There is a 181% surge to the highest levels of foreclosure since March 2020. Oh, boy. It's going to continue. Next one up. Ukraine bans Bitcoin purchases with national currency amidst martial law. Ooh, that does not sound good. Oh, by the way, all these ransomware attacks that are happening across the world, get this, because the uh, nation states that are now banned uh, by, you know, the shape-shifting reptilian uh, poopish pants in the West Wing Shots of riddle in Biden shell of a creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, hey, guess what? They just instituted – look, this is how sick and twisted it is. So because they're trying to block and fake and do all this fake stuff that they're doing, sanctions and all this stuff, now the corporations that are being attacked by ransomware – are no longer able to pay their ransom. Now, if they don't pay their ransom and they didn't do what I told them to do, then guess what? (laughs) They go out of business. And then their 30,000 employees are what? Out of work. And then they get foreclosed on. And then Klaus Schwab buys their property. Get it? Look, if you're not seeing Simon Legreed sitting beside Bill Gates, Fauci, Klaus Schwab, and all the other creepy entities from the bowels of Sheol, right beside the Queen of England, that shape-shifting freak, I mean, you know, if, and going, <laughs> if that's not what you're seeing in your mind right now, you're not getting it. Okay? All right. Listen to this headline. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Independent reports, North Korea parades its biggest missiles in front of Kim Jong-un. So they're getting bigger, they're getting better, they're getting further. And by the way, if there's any truth to them having hypersonic technologies, I can assure you it's coming from China. Look, anyone who thinks for a second (laughs) that Kim Jong-un isn't getting technologies from China is – 
I ain't even going there. Forget it. Never mind. It's not even worth mentioning. All right, next one up. United Kingdom Foreign Secretary to call for more defense spending amidst cost of living crisis. Oh, wait a minute. Let me think this through. United Kingdom cut off from power. Their people are going to die and freeze to death. This ne- Okay. Thank goodness we're heading into the summer, so at least they got a break here for a while. And they don't have air conditioners anyway, so they're kind of okay for a while. Um, let me take a through. Oh, amidst cost of living crisis, <laughs> let's spend more money on military equipment so we can give it to the Ukraine so they can kill more people. And so we can allow our population to die. Oh, it's so hard to unravel this. It's so unpacking all of this crazy Hegelian dialectic. Oh, my goodness, it's complicated. Look at this. Just like I thought. Second Ebola patient dies in northwest Congo, World Health Organization says. And I say, how many more? Next one up. Headline, the United States no longer is in full-blown pandemic phase, according to the shape-shifting reptilian that refers to itself as Valji. Gee, that's funny, because the next headline says, Pfizer and BioNTech has just petitioned the Food and Drug Administration of the United States of Babylon the Great to authorize COVID-19 vaccine boosters for children ages 5 to 11. Because heaven forbid, we haven't killed enough people yet. Chill pill, Johnny, would you please, for crying out loud. (laughs) <laughs> it's like <clears throat> ah, theater of the mind. I'm actually quite calm. Hey, hold on a second. Let's do something fun. Oh, doggone it. I don't have my um, – I was going to take my BP and tell you what it is just for fun, but I have the cough in the other room. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, and I just got sent a text message from West Coast, Walter. Uh, yeah, that mask is as useless as – oh, yeah, okay, Um uh, you know, um, you know, Brandon, <laughs> you know what I mean, Brandon? Okay. Anyway, thousands of nurses in India's premier hospitals go on an indefinite strike. That can't be good. Another headline. Listen to this. Where's the outrage? United States and European Union politicians say mainstream media is complicit in the pro-Nazi chants at New York, Ukraine, Rally. Complicit. Because they're not paying any attention to it. Because they don't want to call attention to what? The obvious. Next one up. Ministry of Defense warns of a proportional response as the United Kingdom approves the land of shape-shifting reptilians, by the way, approves Ukraine's use of British arms to attack Russia. <laughs> wait a minute. Our population are going to freeze to death. We have no power. Uh, you know, uh, wait, I think it's true. This is really complicated. Um, wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, oh, uh, my brain is hurting. I got to stop thinking. Oh, I need another booster. Help me. Uh. Pork supply set to plunge as more than 60 piggeries. Is that what they call them, piggeries? Hey, you look like you need to join a piggery. <laughs> That's what somebody would say to me, you know, after the pandemic 30. Uh. Hey, Johnny, you hanging out with them piggeries? Piggery dickery duck. 
<laughs> the pig ran up the clock. Battle Japanese encephalitis outbreaks in Australia. Oh, my gosh. Poor Australia. Australia. Anybody in Australia out there, send me an email. Let me know you're still alive. And it's not just Aussie Kovac. <laughs> Simeon. Oh, man. We used to have lots. I used to get a lot of emails from people from Australia. I don't know. I think they're all in a FEMA camp by now. Who knows? Anyway, next one up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one going. All right. Here we go. New warning for farmers. Ransomware attacks. You know, I was just having a conversation with one of our ransomware experts, and he really is. And he um, he's the guy who has to give bad news to the company and say, uh, sorry, it's a total loss. All 30,000 of your employees, you can send them home. Company is gone. Um, why would they? We were just having this conversation today. He said, "Why are there no reports on all the ransomware attacks that are happening?" I told him, <laughs> and look at what the Lord showed me just before the show. Ransomware warning for farmers. A significant disruption of grain production could disrupt the entire food chain since grain is not only consumed by humans but also for the use of animal feed. FBI warning to farmers that cyber criminals may attack and disrupt the entire food chain. KDKA Channel 2, uh, whereversville. <laughs> it doesn't say. It uh, probably does somewhere in here, but um, anyway, it's irrelevant. And the, the point has been made. Satanic Temple sues elementary school after, you know, their school club was rejected. Sounds like it's, it must have been in Florida. DeSantis is like, go away! <laughs> he doesn't care. All right. Um, and, you know, assuming that Trump was anything other than a member of the family, or maybe he's just totally duped and he's part of the blue levels and, you know, he's being used like Kennedy was. You know, who knows? We're going to have to wait and see. It might be the latter. Oh, new test dates. They did a new test date on the crowd of Shur- or the Turin Shroud, the Shroud of Turin for Jesus and all that. Guess what? Yeah, the scientist that did the uh, testing said, oh, well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. The carbon dating actually does track back to when Jesus was on the earth. <laughs> no, you say. Yes, I say. Next one up. Nigeria blocks 73 million mobile phones. Why? 73 million? That's a lot, folks. That's like one-third of the United States population. That's more than two times the population of Canada. 73 million mobile phones were blocked in Nigeria. But why? But why, I say? For not registering in the National Digital Identity Database. Did you hear me? Did you hear? Did you hear the words coming out of my mouth? Okay. Italy creates new social credit application to reward citizens for believing the narrative. Dun, dun, dun. And on that note, let's bring on Brother Lauren, who is going to be able to go all the way to 10 o'clock tonight. So I'm punishing myself with two and a half hours of sleep to give Lauren the best possible chance Poor guy, under you know, putting him under the spotlight here. But anyway, he's going to do his best. It is a complicated story. It is. It really is. Praise God. So anyway, pray for him. Let's see if we can get this out. Thank you, Jesus. Let's bring him on live right now. Here we go. Uh-huh. 
Brother Lauren, are you there? Hey, I think so. All right. Well, you know all that fun stuff we usually talk about, you know, cherries and and uh, frosted yeah, yeah, flakes yeah. and hidden missile yeah. silos. Guess what? Forget it. You need what? time. So I'm going to back Aww. off. Nope. I'm sorry. You're you're on the spot. The spotlight <laughs> is shining. I'm folding up my virtual chair and I'm going Aww. to the back. All right. It's all yours. I was wondering Ready why. Set. I was wondering Ready? why it's so bright here. <laughs> I know. Well, no, no, that that is an alien spaceship from Planet Pop Tart trying to beam me up, but that's oh. a whole other story. All oh, right. No. Anyway, on that note, I'm going. Hey, hey, easy, buddy, easy, buddy. Don't make me. Hey. We're losing time. This is precious time. All right. All right. I'm going to the back well, now. You know, one, three, one. two, one, one. Yeah, as, as you were uh, talking earlier, you know, I felt sometimes like I, I, I was listening or watching a motion p- picture, and uh, I had my big box of Reese's Pieces just chomping down on Reese's Pieces. So, folks, if you're under pressure of today's uh, bi- environment and psycho babble, you know, the world's experts and Klaus Schwab and everything, just get yourself a big box of Reese's Pieces. <laughs> and this is a free commercial. <laughs> and I have to apologize, folks, because of the, the recent ban on the English language, I cannot continue uh, talking on this program in the English language. I will have to hereby resort to speaking in tongues. <laughs> Oh, Dude, that's pretty well, funny. Anyway. I'm sorry, I had to jump in, but now I'm going back on silence. <laughs> okay, I was hoping to get some laughs on that one, folks. But on a serious note, I really do believe, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I have no idea how pervasive the English language is throughout the world, but you can always, I would think you can find at least one person in, some, in whatever country that speaks English. It's, it's uh, good luck I would, with that. I, yeah, but I—I I mean, I don't know—I don't know how many people all over the world speak Swahili, for example, you know, versus English. But it's like the, uh, the the American dollar has been the world's reserve currency for a stretch of time, and so uh, you know they're going to uh, try to destroy that to usher in the, the Great Reset. But I wouldn't be surprised if they the powers that be try to put a clamp on the English language itself. And uh, for those of us who speak the English language, well, we either have to uh, just shut up and not say anything, or we're going to have to pay a royalty fee for every letter of every word that we speak or write or movies or whatever. You know, because that, like you said, the Howie Mandel bit. Okay. What? One of my favorite Howie, one of my favorite Howie Mandel jokes. <laughs> it's an inside joke. Yeah, that's right. So, because you hit upon um, fact earlier, uh, is that greed trumps everything else. If something's making bunches of money, they'll keep it rolling, even if it's contrary to their agenda. They'll keep it going until uh, such and such a time that they deem otherwise, but greed drives them above all else, greed. So if they can force all English-speaking people to pay a royalty on every letter of every word, etc., they will do it and get away with it if they can. So we'll just have to, us Christians baptized in the Holy Ghost, will have to resort to speaking in tongues. And then nobody will know what we're talking about unless, except for those who are anointed to. 
decipher, decipher decode the message. <laughs> so uh, a little a little humor there, but yet on a serious note, a serious note. Oh boy, you were talking a lot of topics. You know, I wish I could have jumped in, but we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh tonight, and the tie-in of the Yu-Gi-Oh cartoon series to the Bible, to Leviathan, to the end times. And if you've never heard of Yu-Gi-Oh before, or you've never watched it, um, it's quite a stretch. Like John said, you know, my, my well, my journey on the bizarre and unusual. Um, began over 40 years ago when when the Lord opened up my eyes uh, at a early age to various topics back then, and it's been ongoing ever since then. So yes, it's very difficult to try to uh, encap- encapsulate 45 years into 45 minutes, for example. Okay, uh, it's very difficult. And when you do a, um, the big picture overview on something, then you're obviously leaving out the details. But in order to put for the originator person to put forth or, or potentially put forth a big picture, then you have to have the underlying de- have an understanding the underlying details to accurately portray the big picture. Um, <clears throat> so. Um, we go back to and understand Yu-Gi-Oh, Leviathan, etc. When I was watching Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, my youngest son got absorbed into it, and I tried to dissuade him from watching it, but I couldn't. No matter what I said, did or whatever, he, he I couldn't get him to not watch it. So I decided to watch it with him, and I believe that that was God giving me the green light to watch it. And I, I just couldn't believe what that cartoon series was train. Um, and from, see, the, the Lord had already prepared me beforehand to understand that series and deep dive, and furthermore, to deep dive into the various topics that it brings up. And it's like, bingo, 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 bingo. Uh, so from my understanding of things, it did not conflict with the Bible at all. In fact, for me, it expanded my biblical knowledge. All right, so up to that point, prior to Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah, I kind of knew, you know, the Bible mentions Leviathan and mentions Behemoth and mentions Rahab, but I never really deep-dived into it to really understand it. And, um, you know, again, 45 years ago, you know, I read, like, the late great planet Earth and uh, Earth, let's see, Late Great Planet Earth is one, and what's the other one? Satan is Alive and Well on Planet Earth um, <clears throat> by Hal Lindsey, okay? So I read those two books early on in, in, in my ventures, you know. And uh, so I had that perspective of Lucifer. And there was other books back then, you know, the traditional model, basically the traditional model. Um, most of your pastors, et cetera, and uh, book writers and everything, even today, will will key key in zero in on the traditional understanding of Lucifer as a fallen being, okay? But that's as far as they go with it. Oh yeah, so some demons and fallen angels and stuff, but they don't really deep dive because they haven't um gone for, far enough. Um they kind of stay within a comfort zone that's acceptable by the public or by the congregations. Um <clears throat> 
so to speak, because if you go too weird, everybody will leave, okay, uh, kind of stuff. <clears throat> so even in the, like the corporate world, for example, if, if you're um, – <clears throat> You start talking about, oh, yeah, I saw a UFO the other night, you know, and, and did this, zapped it over here and orbs and everything. No, uh, <laughs> you get a pink slip the next day, really, okay, because uh, that's not acceptable behavior, acceptable topics of discussion in the corporate, you know, back rooms, um, cigar smoke floating around. You know, it's just not acceptable, right? Even if they themselves have experienced it, you just don't talk about that kind of stuff, okay? <clears throat> And we're businessmen. We talk about business, okay? Uh, not flaky, flaky topics. Um, <clears throat> but more and more has, you know, the, the great disclosure that was supposed to happen, what, last year or something, is like the nothing burger, you know. The government knows a lot more than they're letting on to, and they never will let on to the full, true, full disclosure. And any time they do come out with the truth about something, you have to ask the question, what are they hiding? If they come out with the truth of something, that means they're hiding something else somewhere else. That's an even bigger fish story, you know, a bigger fish to catch, a bigger disclosure kind of thing. So it's it's the onion, you know, peeling the layers of the onion. It's like it never ends. That onion is huge, and you can just spend all your life peeling the layers of the onion and never reach the end of it. All right, and that that's the, the global uh, conspiracy of Babylon, Babylon the Great, not just the United States here, the United States of Babylon, but Babylon in general, from cover to cover in the Bible that's spoken of in, in the Bible. Um, so the entity of Babylon extends beyond the United States of Babylon, extends beyond the empire of uh, Babylon back during Daniel's day, um, extends further back, and then it goes all the way back to uh, what we have previously um, read and discussed was uh, Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah chapter 14. Um, chapter 14 speaks of Babylon, you know, and uh, uh, Ezekiel speaks of Tyre. So those two um, cities and countries and type of governmental uh, systems, uh, conducting government, trade, finance, um, treaties, military, you know, stuff, are, are connected to each other, you see. Because <clears throat> uh, at the very top of that pyramid is the great architect of the universe, Lucifer. Indeed, he is the great architect of his universe. That's reflected in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, but the, it's in the five I wills. So verse 12 is the one that tells us that he was fallen from heaven over in um, Ezekiel 28, it says God cast him out from the mountain of God because he was formerly the high priest of the nine stone covenant of the nine angelic orders. He was first created of all created beings. And whatever he did was so over the top beyond the pale that God had to cast him out from his mountain, top governmental structure. 
and Lucifer fell from what? Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I'm leading up to it. I'm leading up to it. Okay, well, TikTok, buddy. <laughs> okay, so God cast him out from uh, the mountain of God. That's God's top governmental structure. And he fell from heaven and was cast down to the earth. So that's reflected in Isaiah 14, verse 12. His five I wills in 13 and 14 his five I wills are his um, refutation, his rebellion against God's judgment, his declaration that in spite of your judgment, God, I will do these five things in spite of your judgment against me. Those five I wills encapsulate the five things that he had already enjoyed as the high priest but now being cast down to the earth, he now has to recreate his own reality in defiance of God's judgments. And he finds out that there is a an invisible barrier. Well, at least in our eyes, our flesh eyes, it's invisible. Maybe he could see it. But a barrier between that which became fallen, the fallen realm, the fallen one-third versus the unfallen two-thirds. All right, so within the fallen one-third realm, he was able to carve out to partially, you know, partially fulfill his five I wills within this fallen realm. So uh, on a previous show, you mentioned about the, the his highest dimensional being would be like heaven. It's a carbon copy of heaven, and hell within the fallen realm is a carbon copy of the real hell. Okay, so there is a false heaven and there is a false hell that he has recreated within this fallen realm. So if you were to go to his highest realm, you would think you were in heaven itself because everything is peaceful, uh, nice and everything, orderly. Because if he ruled in total chaos and confusion, he would have no cohesion of his troops and, and etc. No cohesion even in and of himself. Okay. Uh, now way, he may be uh, a, just a real, rebel, real but he's sorry to interrupt. Ex- I'm, get, I'm getting there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ex- I'm just letting the listeners know what, something. Just so you know, in case you don't know, Lauren and I, we've done like I don't know what 200 shows together. <laughs> I've known him like forever, so I mess with him like he's my little brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So for those of you who don't know how far back Lauren and I go, you would probably think I was being mean to him, but I'm actually messing with him and having a good time. So anyway, keep on going, Lauren. It's all good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, um, Lucifer is extremely pragmatic. He realizes that in order to accomplish his goals, he still has to abide by certain of God's rules that govern all of creation, even within the fallen realm. So he has to abide by them, and he takes advantage of those rules, the way things work to advance his objectives. All right? He's an extreme pragmatist. All right. Now, in part of his rebellion, and there was others that came down with him, that were cast down with him, they... 
uh, Lucifer's role as high priest of creation meant that he would take the latest word of God fresh off the presses, so to speak, hot off the presses, and, and broadcast it to the rest of creation. And creation is an immense chunk of real estate. You know, it's the real deal real estate. Um, <laughs> make Remax levitate endlessly at all the uh, real estate in all of creation. Um, so, um, so he had Lucifer, God had created other beings directly underneath Lucifer's command and control. So he's not necessarily operating 100% uh, as a solo operation, but, you know, uh, does not God have his helpers? Call them angels. Okay, so God has his angels, angels that remained uh, faithful to God, that did not fall with Lucifer, but there were those who did fall with Lucifer. And the three um, that I want to address tonight are what I call top-tiered created beings. These are top-tiered. They're about, uh, with Lucifer being first created, and then you can understand Isaiah chapter 14, the five by wills, where he's now creating his own reality in defiance of God's judgment against him and those who fell with him, okay? Creating their own reality. And <clears throat> And so in the creation of their own reality, Lucifer can thereby declare himself as the great architect of the universe. That is the universe that he created, the nightmare that he created. He's the great architect of the nightmare that he created. But he's not the ultimate great architect. Now, there are three beings that I can determine from Scripture. Rahab, Leviathan, and Behemoth. Under the traditional model, you only go so far in, in understanding who those creatures were. And typically, uh, the first two, Rahab and Leviathan, are regarded as some kind of sea creature, maybe a um, an old, a dinosaur, see, uh, an ocean-based dinosaur from millions of years ago or something, and then BMS was some kind of land-based, large, extremely large animal, maybe a dinosaur, land-based dinosaur, okay? But that that's kind of about as far as they go. And then there's some uh, who believe that Rahab was a planet between Mars and Jupiter that somehow became the asteroid belt. Okay, now, um, Rahab was um, cut to pieces, and I'll get into more into that later on. Rahab was cut to pieces to the point where Rahab could not be brought, could not be resurrected and brought back to life, brought back on the battlefield. Rahab was a done deal. <clears throat> um and God himself had to go up to, to slay and defeat Rahab. But Leviathan and Behemoth survived. They survived, and they, in a manner of speaking, phase-locked into our planet here. Perhaps if 
if they all fell down to this particular planet. On a broader scope, you can imagine when Lucifer was cast down to the earth, there were others with him that were also cast down. And we find this in Revelation chapter 12, which is the second time. You see, when the Lucifer's fly by, I will, I will ascend, I will rise up. Well, they accomplished that in part, in part, until they hit that invisible barrier, that DMZ zone, the iron curtain, the invisible iron curtain between the fallen realm and the unfallen realm. They were able to rise up to that extent. And <clears throat> to create their own reality within this fallen realm. So God, uh, they, they committed atro- atrocities. There were uh, peoples, we would call them angelics, but peoples, there were planets, there were solar systems and galaxies, entire galaxies blown away during this war. So massive casualties. And so one description of uh, Rahab is as a fleeing serpent. We know that animals do not flee if there's nothing to flee from. In other words, there's some kind of danger that they sense in their immediate environment that then they either fight or they flee. So in this case, Rahab was fleeing what I believe was the battlefield, scene of the crime kind of thing, fleeing the battlefield. The tides of war had changed and God and his forces were gaining the upper hand, and Leviathan, uh, Rahab, Leviathan, Behemoth were fleeing the battlefield. Our solar system happens to be on the outskirts of the Milky Way galaxy. So this was a spaceport in the original creation of angelics and it's kind of like a Star Trek scenario or a Star Wars scenario where you got all kinds of life forms spread out all over the place. Okay, well, our solar system had a number of life forms, advanced life forms, and this inner four planets at least were, um, that would be Venus, Earth, Mars, and Maldek, the for, former fifth planet that was blown and became the asteroid belt. Okay, so... These four inner planets were spaceports and were just uh, great places to conduct business, spaceports, and a great place for vacations and everything. Or uh, if you're planning on zipping over from the Milky Way over that galaxy way over there and you're, you're going to be crossing the great expanse between the galaxies, well, uh, you know, we got some spaceports here to get your <laughs> your uh, Andorran ale, you know, I think Andorra, is that it, from Star Trek fame, the ale, <clears throat> before you head out and into the expanse, okay, get all your supplies. Um, <clears throat> so they were, uh, it's just a supposition here, but they were escaping the scene of the crime, escaping the hot battlefield, trying to uh, go someplace where they could re- regroup, recover, you know, that kind of thing, recover, regroup. And the uh, it's a you're dealing with some very high tech weapon systems, folks. Uh, 
I've read about these, and not not like blueprints or anything by by the secret space program, but I've read about these in various magazines and books over the years. So I can imagine um, these kinds of weapon systems that can blow a whole planet <laughs> like like nothing. You know, just like we saw in the original Star Wars in 1977, when a Death Star blows Alderaan. That's what I believe happened with our fifth planet. The, the Angel Wars own solar system. And you've got these weapon systems, you've got all kinds of things going on that can alter matter. Dimensionally alter matter, alter the... the uh, positive force, negative force, the weak force, the strong force, alter it to the point where it just blows. It can't hold together anymore. You create the kind of electromagnetic gravitational environment that that the, that just unglues the glue that holds things together, and pow, there it goes. Everything splattered all over. All right, so you're dealing with kind of weapon systems that can alter um, space-time reality alter, maybe even creating altered timelines. In the, what do we really know about detonating a nuclear weapon? What if Russia, you know, launches a Satan II missile against New York City, and in the natural realm, we see New York City go bye-bye like it never existed, and eight million people, nine million people gone in an instant. Okay. As if they never existed. Of course, there would probably be a big crater left. But what what would happen in an alternative timeline? Would those people still exist? Would they be blasted into a uh, parallel universe or something? Okay, you've got all these considerations that, in our realm, with our uh, natural eyes and natural senses, we see the effects of a nuclear explosion. But the natural cannot see into the alternative timelines, alternative universes. Okay, so we have no idea unless you have um, like remote viewers. Oh, that's of the devil, you know. Well, remote viewers, you know, you could say that some of the prophets in the Old Testament were remote viewers because they could see well into the future. Okay, so. Within this fallen realm, remote viewers can view to a certain extent forward in time and to a certain extent backwards in time. I don't find any conflict in Scripture in them being able to perform that feat, okay? And can gather us valuable information to help put pieces of the puzzle back together again to the true history of this planet and uh, humanity and the other planets and, the, and all of creation. But we bring it all back to the Bible. But that depends then on our understanding of God's word. If we truly are, we, if we're locked into Christian uh, churchianity, if we're locked into the traditional uh, explanation of things, we'll never be able to connect the dots. We'll never be able to put the pieces of the big puzzle together properly. 
it is possible to put the pieces together because that's what happens to me. I can just like, it becomes a panoramic and I can just see it all happening. And then, you know, in normal life, like if I'm working out in the garden, you know, I'm focused on doing garden stuff, you know, digging up the soil, you know, pulling out weeds, that kind of stuff, real uh, getting getting in the dirt, you know, that's very pragmatic, practical, you know, so obviously I'm not seeing any panoramics of, hmm, I wonder what this soil used to be, but you know what, folks, it was a number of years ago, the scientists announced that they could take a, like, I don't know, a teaspoon, a tablespoon of dirt out of your backyard, front yard, side yard, out in the street, and they could deduce what life forms used to be there thousands of millions of years ago. Because that dirt, in that dirt, what composes that dirt is DNA. Broken down, shredded apart DNA. And because science, the uh, science that has, with the, the computers we have, supercomputers, they, they've been able to document the genomes of every living thing on this planet that they're aware of, of course, every living thing on this planet in a feverish pace to unlock the secrets of life via the genome of various life forms, okay? So they've got a huge, huge database of genomes. And so that breaks down into DNA. DNA becomes computer code. So they can compare, okay, you know, our, our bodies have a certain correlation with like corn, for example, you know, corn. Yeah, you're a cornball. I always knew it, you know, eating cornflakes all the time, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's what I do. In my past, I used to chomp down on 24-ounce boxes of cornflakes. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know, the old adage, we are what we eat, right? So a lot of what we eat gets integrated into the continuation of our personal genome, you know, of carrying on the DNA. <laughs> okay. Um now, our, our, our genomes know better than to absorb the genome of a salamander, for example, or a, a cow. You know, we eat a hamburger, are we going to suddenly transform into a cow? We eat a um, some ham, okay, we're going to suddenly transform into a pig, you know. Um, so our bodies know what to absorb and what not to absorb in the DNA, but scientists and being able, and then the the uh, CRISPR technology, being able to slice and dice uh, DNA like it's a computer code. So they can just take a snippet out of this and insert it into that. Take a snippet of that and insert it over here to create something new. And they've been doing this now for years or decades and secret government bases of mixing this and that and the other thing, create, coming up with chimeras like you wouldn't believe, and uh, <clears throat> that are reflective as in the days of Noah. Do you think Jesus knew what he was talking about when he said that? As in the days of Noah. You know, that one phrase, as in the days of Noah, holds a lot of weight. That what we're doing today is either the same or very similar as to what they were doing in the days of Noah. Now, think about that for a while as well as in the days of the Tower of Babel. They were doing the same thing, trying to do the same thing all over again, okay, to recapture what mankind lost due to the flood. 
And now we're trying to, the third time, we're trying to do the same thing all over again to recapture what we've lost due to the Tower of Babel and what we lost due to the Noah's Flood so that we can become like gods. Humanity 2.0. Okay, so getting back to Rahab, Leviathan, and Behemoth. So these are the three top, top-tiered creations that were um, probably directly underneath Lucifer or kind of like um, off to his left and right, so to speak, not above him, but maybe like his right-hand, left-hand kind of scenario, you know. Um, another way of picturing it is in World War II, towards um, towards the end, we had four of a new style of battleship. Um, and there's four, four, they only made four of these. They had planned, I think, up to nine, but they canceled the order because it was getting clear towards the end of World War II that they were getting towards the end of World War II and probably would not need those additional battleships. But that's the Missouri, the Iowa, the New Jersey, and, and uh, Wisconsin, okay? And there was only, I guess, to my knowledge, um, on the Internet, there's only one photo taken of those four battleships sailing together in the Atlantic during their, you know, shakedown cruises or get all the kinks, work the kinks out, see how things work and stuff. Uh, they were sailing together, just one photo, and they're just elegantly beautiful ships of massive destruction, firepower and destruction, made elegant and deadly, lethal, okay, but an elegant form, and just beautiful to see all four of them together, sailing together, okay, so picture that being Lucifer, Rahab, Leviathan, Behemoth, as a top ranking, top tiered, with Lucifer being the first created. So of those four battleships, there would have been one that was the first uh, put together before the other three were put together and christened for commissioning, okay? So there was a first one in the four battleships. There was a first one of these four, and that was Lucifer. Okay, so <clears throat> the two that remained, getting back to uh, 1943, to understand how Leviathan and Behemoth could have gotten somehow locked in on this planet, our planet here, when they were cast down to the earth. We have the kind of weapons going on um, that can change realities. It can change the molecular structures and atomic structures, just like what we see in the Philadelphia experiment in 1943 with the USS Eldridge. I believe it was a destroyer escort. And before it was commissioned, you know, there, there's that time where, where it's completed, but it's not yet commissioned. So they might take it out for sea trials, you know, work out the kinks, that kind of stuff. But in this case, see, the, 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 the Navy had a legitimate need for some kind of cloaking for their ships. Because we're, we're sending, the United States and Canada were sending just tons and tons of everything from A to Z, to the, to the Allied war effort in Europe during World War II. And the Germans had their U-boats. And whether operating independently one at, one at a time or in wolf packs, they were taking down a lot of our ships to the point where 
you know, our Canadian and um, uh, United States navies were extremely concerned about losing all the ships and the people that went down with them, all the sailors that went down with the ships and all the goods, arms and stuff. Okay, so it was a legitimate concern. So they turned to Einstein and his unified field theory. So, you know, they came up with, the scientists and everything came up with these generators that hooked up the USS Eldridge and flipped the switch, and all of a sudden it's, uh, uh, this green glow is engulfing the ship, you know, this deep green glow, and then it just disappears. You know, the blink of an eye, it's gone. And faster than a physical could travel from the Philadelphia shipyards down to Norfolk, Virginia, it appeared. And as soon as, uh, like, I think there was three sailors on the dock that, you know, you're just talking, doing, you know, walking, talking, whatever, on the dock, and uh, all of a sudden in the corner of your eye you see something. So you turn your attention to what you think your your, your eye caught, and as soon as they, they pay attention to that ship, it disappears again. It disappears from there and reappears back in Philadelphia. Now, there's a movie also called The Philadelphia Experiment, so if you can get hold of the book and or watch the movie, I would highly, highly recommend it. And some of the sailors um, appeared to be normal. Some of the sailors could never be found. They had disappeared into the great void somewhere. <laughs> okay, And then there were some that were melded or blended right into the bulkhead. And nobody could get them out. And even if you could get them out, how are you going to separate that bulkhead from that person's body? Even if you could cut the bulkhead out out of the ship so that you could extract that person, but that part of that bulkhead is still melded. It's not like uh, let's say a bullet that you can extract. It's not like a sword, a sword somebody stabs you with a sword, maybe let's say horizontally, and you know you get the right doctors and they can carefully extract the sword and start the healing, you know, uh, healing things up for you and stuff. But you can extract that sword, extract that bullet. But this is where the bulk bulkhead of the ship, or whatever part of the ship that they were caught in during this experiment. It is as one with their bodies. Now, if it's in your stomach area, well, how are you going to eat and then, you know, <laughs> digest the food and and deposit it? You know, the waste waste stream, right? You can't you can't live that way. So, uh, or if it's embedded across your head or embedded across your legs. How are you going to walk? Okay, well, you could cut your legs off and be in a wheelchair the rest of your life. But I, I think it's fundamentally it's more advanced than that. You're, you're, part, you're part and parcel of that bulkhead. Even if you're able to extract that person, but that, bulk, that part of the bulkhead is still melded with that person. Okay, so picture that, if you will, that there's a, a very high-tech process by which two entities can be melded together. Now, Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> uh, deals with monster cards, deals with uh, spell cards, deals with trap cards. And there's a certain uh, ma or magic card, certain magic card called 
polymerization. And in the, you know, in the industrial scientific community, is done all the time. That's the combining of two or more things to create an end product. So like plastics is a polymerization process. Your tires in your car is a polymerization process. It, it's just used everywhere and just a lot of different products and things that we just take for granted. We don't realize that it's a combining of two or more uh, things to come up with that end product that we buy at the store. Okay. Um, so it's a polymerization. So in Yu-Gi-Oh, they're combining one monster with another monster to create the ultimate monster through polymerization, combining the best features of both monsters to come up with the ultimate monster. monster. Okay, that kind of thing. So even in Yu-Gi-Oh, that process is reflected in that polymerization of combining two or more monsters together to come up with the ultimate monster. And if you follow the Blue Eyes White Dragon, there's a, where you can combine all three uh, blue eyes for the ultimate blue eyes right, white dragon. Uh, so, so that, yeah, that connects, okay? That part of Yu-Gi-Oh connects to the shadow realm. There is a shadow realm, folks. <laughs> so that connects. And talking about Leviathan, and you had to feed enough souls uh, to arouse Leviathan, that connects. And the uh, Bible says that um, Leviathan is connected with the sea, and Behemoth is connected with the land. Oversimplified, but you find scriptures of that. <clears throat> if you go in the book of Job, for example, chapter 40, uh, 40 deals with Behemoth, and then 41 deals with Leviathan. I'll read a little bit here about Behemoth. Look now, this is uh, chapter 40, verse 15. Look now at the Behemoth, which I made along with you. He eats grass like an ox. See now, his strength is in his hips, and his power is in his stomach muscles. He moves his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are tightly knit. His bones are like beams of bronze, his ribs like bars of iron. He is the first of the ways of God. Only he, that's God, who made him can bring near his sword. That's God's sword. That means God created him, and only God can slay behemoth. That's an important thing to remember. This isn't a dinosaur, in my opinion. If you understand Adam and Eve uh, haven't been created at 100% DNA activation and possibly 12-stranded DNA at that, that aligns with New Age thinking, but I find no conflict scripturally with that line of thinking, that Adam and Eve, when they were created perfect in this realm, full DNA activation and all 12 strands DNA. Do you think that sounds like you're a couple of a caveman and a cavewoman? There were a couple of doofuses that had to be spoon-fed everything. They were geniuses right from the get-go. Far more genius than Einstein or Tesla or combined. Okay, all the geniuses like Donald Trump would be a doofus compared to Adam and Eve, a complete doofus. In spite of his high IQ, he'd be looked upon as a doofus compared to Adam and Eve. And the pre-flood peoples, even after Adam and Eve sinned, they still had a high. I would say 95, 98% DNA activation within the DNA that deals with the body and the DNA that deals with the soul realm. But the DNA that deals with the spirit was severed. 
Now, at the highest levels of your soul activation, you are on the threshold of crossing over into the low end of the spiritual realm. For those of us who are now down at 8% DNA activation, anybody who operates in a high degree of within the soul realm, we think, oh, they're really spiritual, you know, whether it's New Age or uh, Hare Krishna or, you know, an atheist or uh, somebody baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they're operating in a very high soul realm that most of us think, oh, they're really spiritual. Look at the power they're wielding when in fact they're just operating in a high soul realm. Jesus gave us a clue. By their fruits you should know them. That's really the ultimate test, whether we're uh, trying to detect, well, is this person really operating in the realm of the Holy Spirit? Is this person or group of people really the chosen ones of God okay by their fruits you shall know them not the color of their skin not what ethnos they are or racial pedigree or uh, family pedigree like the 13 Illuminati bloodlines can trace their lineages way 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 back Jesus says by their fruits you shall know them not by their pedigrees, by their fruits. Okay, and we can see the fruit of Klaus Schwab, okay, and Bill Gates. We see their fruit, and it's rotten, rotten to the core. But they're still trying to put a good spin on rotten fruit. Okay, yeah, rot, rotten fruit is good for you. It's good for you, but we get the best fruit this earth can provide. But the rest of you can 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 eat. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, uh, bugs. <laughs> you need bugs. You know, we'll turn bugs into your favorite hamburger and and uh, hot dogs. Okay. <clears throat> Only God, who made him, can bring near his sword. Surely the mountains yield food for him, and all the beasts of the field play there. He lies under the lotus trees in a co- covert of reeds and marsh. The lotus trees cover him with their shade. The willows by the brooks surround him. Indeed, the river may rage, yet he is not disturbed. That's a key phrase there. Indeed, the river may rage, but yet he is not disturbed. Why? Because he's a high-ranking created being. He is competent, though the Jordan gushes into his mouth. Though he takes it in his eyes. In other words, he sees what's going on. Or one pierces his nose with a snare. <clears throat> so indeed the river may rage, yet he is not disturbed. He is confident, though the Jordan gushes into his mouth, though he takes it in his eyes, he sees what is go- what's going on, he's partaking it in his mouth, or one pieces his nose with a snare, or pierces his nose with a snare. But he's not disturbed. It's like, yeah, so what? You got anything better than that? Only God, verse 19, who made him can bring near his, that's God's sword, to slay this creature. Why? Because he's a top-tier created being. Now, 
oftentimes, folks, in Scripture, we read this account, and on the surface it sounds like, well, he eats grass like an ox. Okay, so we immediately think, oh, it must, must be some big creature like an ox. And and on and on. So we think, well, maybe this is some kind of dinosaur, maybe some kind of other type of creature long extinct since since that time, okay? And But oftentimes Scripture deals with uh, something in the here and now of when it was written to backwards reflect a former being that used to exist long ago. All right? So that's what I think is going on here in Job 40 is it's like Jesus uh, teaching in parables, right? Taking a, a, a story. And on the surface, it's a story that anybody can uh, enjoy listening to Jesus' stories, just like anybody could tell, tell stories. That's how one of the form of entertainment back then was storytelling, and it's still a form of entertainment today. We just call movies and TV shows and Internet and stuff. It's entertainment. But Jesus' stories, known as parables, had multiple layers of meaning to them. And so the crowds and masses generally were there just for, you know, the entertainment purposes. Just like in today's world, most people go to movies, watch TV, the Internet for entertainment purposes, little realizing that a lot of this stuff is telling you exactly what's has happened, what's going on now, and what's coming down the pike, okay? Like, turn your brain off and just boob off boob off on the tube, you know? Turn your brain off. We don't want you to think outside our the little box, that black box in your room. The black box is your only reality, okay? That's what they want you to think. They don't want, even though they're showing it to you, like through Yu-Gi-Oh!, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Stargate SG-1, they're telling you all this stuff, and there's a whole bunch of others, um, but we just, the masses just view it as entertainment. But Jesus' disciples were oftentimes just as perplexed about what Jesus was talking about as the masses were, but his disciples were his disciples. He picked each one individually for a reason, and they oftentimes would you know, corner Jesus off to the side afterwards and say, what did you mean by that? So we have an example of Luke chapter 8 where Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower. And then his disciples, after Jesus talks about this parable, his disciples, uh, Luke 8 verse 9, asked him saying, what does this parable mean? This probably wasn't the first time they asked Jesus what such and such parable means. And Jesus said to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now, one point, one takeaway on this is if you are a disciple of Jesus, not some, not somebody who's absorbed into churchianity, not someone who's restricted to the traditional uh, viewpoint, of everything, of the scriptures, but a disciple of Jesus. He has called you, and you know he's called you. To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And I would extend that to mean the mysteries that are embedded 
in God's word because it's part and parcel of the kingdom of God is to know his word. To you, it's been given to know the mysteries. And that time is now. We read Daniel at the end of the last chapter, uh, chapter 12, where that big scary angel is telling Daniel, seal up, uh, seal up divisions, seal up this stuff uh, in scrolls and stuff, and, and it'll be revealed in the time of the end. But for now, it's sealed up. The understanding of this is sealed up until the time of the end. So even in former generations prior to our own, there were people who did their best to unseal this information. And maybe they made some inroads, some understandings, but yet incomplete. Because the time of the end had not yet come. But it has come now. As John is reading the list of headlines, and there were so many more that he could have read. I mean, he could spend a whole show just reading headlines, folks. And, uh, uh, you know, any one of us can go on the Internet and look up these headlines. Things are moving at such a fast pace that even the media can't keep up with it. You have to do your own independent kind of research. Just, you know, like I said, go on the Internet and look up these headlines. You'll find them. Okay, uh, from from politics, the conflict in Ukraine to, um, you know, the pandemic to uh, asteroids to something that, ha- you know, a, a nuclear weapons blast 12,800 years ago over the North American continent. Okay, I've got that article. Okay, I won't read it tonight. Okay, so there's evidences of a global nuclear exchange that traces back to over 12,000 years ago. And I won't deep dive into that, but I just throw that out. You know, there's all kinds of number of things. So it looks to me like whatever happened back then, we're going to be watching a replay of that in our time, but even more so. And and so the mysteries are now being unsealed so that we may know them that are embedded in God's word. Okay. And God can speak through his His word, the Holy Bible, but he can speak through Yu-Gi-Oh! He can speak through Star Trek, Star Wars, Stargate Atlantis, because that, that even though Hollywood embellishes, you can't, the key is not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but to use critical thinking skills. What am I looking at? What am I hearing? How does it connect, if at all, to the Bible and to the mysteries? Okay. So to, to know the mysteries, um, again, like 45 years for me, how do I condense that all down to 45 minutes? You know. So, but it starts somewhere. The journey of a thousand, what, miles begins with first step. You know, you have to start somewhere sometime, so deep dive it's time to deep dive folks if if god has called you into this area not everybody's called to understand these mysteries but i don't have to be a car mechanic to know how to drive my car thank god praise you jesus i don't have to be a car mechanic now i possibly theoretically could become a car mechanic but it's not where my heart is 
if I had to be one, I probably could. If I had the facilities and the tools to do that, I could probably do that. But it's not where my heart is, and it's not where my interest lies. So that, that can be the case, you know, is that for some people, they don't want to have to be a car mechanic in order to drive simply drive a car. In other words, they don't want to have to understand, know all the nuts and bolts of the mysteries to understand the overview of the mysteries. Okay, so I understand that. <clears throat> so it's for us to know these mysteries, and they're being unfolded before our eyes right now, if we have eyes to see, ears to hear, minds to understand, and spirits connected with the Holy Spirit that can bring revelation to God's Word that has been sealed up all these um, <laughs> hundreds of years, thousands of years, millennia, you know, sealed up until the time of the end. Okay, now... <clears throat> Um, I'm going to do some, again, lots of details, but if if you do any study on Edgar Cayce, he's known as, a, what, the sleeping prophet, okay? And he, he from what I've read, he was a Christian. Now, of course, a person can claim to be a Christian. They can go to church, you read the Bible, old Bible studies, and you can say, well, he may have known Jesus, but did Jesus know him kind of thing? So I don't know, you know. But he proclaimed the faith. Even when he's receiving these sleeping visions kind of things, whether for individual people or remote history or, or future events, he continued to walk in his Christian faith. Anyway... Uh, some of his uh, forward visions regarded the rising of Atlantis. That's another topic to deep dive into is Atlantis. And I've, I've got some articles I could read, but not tonight. But it's like, once you read these articles, it's conclusive, okay? <laughs> Atlantis will rise again, and I can show you scripturally tonight how it's going to happen. So we can go... Um, we know about the story of Atlantis, about uh, Poseidon taking on onto himself an earth woman and begetting five pairs of male twins. And they all became the kings of Atlantis, the ten kings of Atlantis. And where do we find this in the Bible but Revelation 17? I'm going to work my way backwards. Okay, Revelation 17, verse 12. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. Okay, Could this be the resurrection of the ten kings of Atlantis? These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to, to the beast. <clears throat> These will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them, for he is lord of lords and king of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful those who are with jesus the lamb of god are called chosen and faithful then he said to me as the, <clears throat> the angel said to john the revelator the waters which you saw this is a definition of waters this is a key definition which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples multitudes nations and tongues 
That's a key definition. You can backtrack this definition back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, and the first day, second day, and part of the third day. <clears throat> first, Because that all deals with water in some fa- form or fashion, waters, where God is dealing with the peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues in judgment, not in creation. The six days of creation, under the traditional theory, the traditional mindset, traditional portrayal, is in reality the six day ages of restoration of that which had fallen, the fallen one-third. The six days are not of the original creation. They are a restoration of that which fell, and part of that restoration which God Uh, chose to do involves judgments day one is judgments day two is judgments day three is judgments day four is finally getting into restoration day part of day three is also a part of restoration judgment and restoration when you get into each of the days you can see um, some judgments but it gets more and more into also restoration Before God can restore that which fell, he has to render and hand down judgments against certain peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And not just on this planet, but within the entirety of that which became the fallen third of creation. Verse 16, And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. They obviously don't like her because they're interfering with, you know, probably with what they think is rightfully theirs. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind, and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman who you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. And that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. (laughs) There's only one city that will do that at the time of Revelation unfolds. We're already seeing, uh, like I agree with John and others, that the first seal has already been unsealed. Uh, yeah, Yes, all six may have already been unsealed, but the first seal has been made manifest in our realm already and still is in play. And the second seal has been made in the early phases of manifestation in our realm and as yet more to play out and as it plays out we'll see the manifestation of the third seal and the fourth seal and the fifth seal and finally the sixth seal okay so could these ten kings in revelation 17 be the ten kings of atlantis resurrected from the dead <clears throat> from the shadow realm as mentioned in Yu-Gi-Oh. Let's back up to Revelation chapter 13, but first we'll hit uh, 12. And this one is pretty famous. Most people know this. Verse 3, And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, that we know as Lucifer, with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven, generally regarded as the angels of heaven, and cast them to the earth. This is the second time. First time was God casting 
them down to the earth, or at least a lower dimensional reality, okay? And now this time, Lucifer's own tail, the great tail of the great red dragon, sweeps down a third of the stars. <laughs> All his buddies are being swept down, pulled down along with him. Okay, and then we skip down to verse 7. Now war rose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. So this is a, in future tense, as per this is a revelation of the future. But again, this is a, another example, uh, excellent example of scripture that has yet to happen as prophecy, but yet is backwards reflective to a former time when this had already happened. Michael's angels fighting against the dragon. Which dragon? The great red dragon. That's Lucifer. And the dragon and his angels fought back just as they did before during the angel wars. But he was defeated. That's the dragon. The great red dragon was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. No longer any place. So even though they may have carved out nine dimensions or nine heavens within the fallen realm as their own realities, they are now at the, in this time being cast down out of their created realities and their multiple timelines, multiple whatever they fashion for themselves, they're being kicked out of Dodge, okay, and being cast down once again to the earth. Do you know how embarrassing that'll be for Lucifer and his top echelons? <laughs> like, you know, his, his five I wills in Isaiah 14 were in total defiance of God's judgments again against him and his buddies. And in defiance, he became the great phoenix that rises from his own ashes, so to speak, you know. And look at me. I defied God's judgments. And look at all these realities and universes. And I'm the great architect of this universe. Indeed, he was. But it was a nightmare that he created, right? And the great red dragon, the great dragon was thrown down, cast down that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan that we also know as Lucifer. Again, Isaiah 14, verse 12. The deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, cast down. That's not a voluntary effort on their part to come down here. They were cast down by Michael and his angels. And Lucifer's angels, the dragon's angels, were cast down with him. Now, they can read the Bible just as well as we can. They know that this is the, their future, so they have their buddies here on this planet working feverishly to develop the technologies that will allow Lucifer and his gang, that once they're cast down into our dimensional reality, to allow them to do the same things here that they were able to do in the higher dimensions that they have just been cast down from. That's where it's all headed, folks. If you're working for a high-tech corporation, you know, the cutting edge of DNA research and uh, CRISPRs, and, and uh, you're on the secret space program, you know, uh, fighting aliens here and uh, agreements over there, and you, you're on all these different planets and spaceships and uh, wormholes and stargates and everything, you, along with your these uh, alien buddies of yours, 
even if they're the good guys, what you think is the good guys are going to be cast down to the earth in spite of all your weapons. Okay. So we get over here to Revelation 13. Verse 1, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads. Now, wait a minute. Ten horns and seven heads, isn't that what we just read about that great red dragon in chapter 12, the Lucifer, you know, Satan and Lucifer? He had ten horns and seven heads, but notice where the diadems are. Okay. Over in Lucifer's case. Okay, where am I? <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, yeah, okay, so in Lucifer's case, the great red dragon, his heads, it's his heads that have the diadems. Over in the first beast, this beast rising out of the sea, the diadems are on its ten horns. Whereas Lucifer's case, the diadems on are, on, are on his seven heads. So as a simple change of where those diadems are. So I'm not sure what the importance of diadems are, but maybe it represents power, um, capabilities, whatever, I don't know. On its horns and blasphemous names on its head. So this creature that rises out of the sea has blasphemous names on its heads. Not diadems, as Lucifer's case, but really bad names on its heads. Okay, and the beast I saw was like a leopard, its feet were like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's mouth, and to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. Okay, so this first beast is Leviathan, the great sea monster. <laughs> and we can read about that in <clears throat> Job 41. Again, part of this description of Leviathan Job 41 may sound like, under the traditional model of understanding it, is like some kind of giant sea creature or an ancient ocean dinosaur or something, you know, because they, under the traditional model, they haven't progressed. They might know the traditional model. You understand that, yes, Lucifer rebelled out of pride and he took down a third of the angels with him and they became demons. That, that's basically the, the in a nutshell of the understanding of it. But they don't go into the fullness of understanding to realize that there is a whole mass of creation here, and up to one-third of creation itself was impacted by this war in the heavens. <clears throat> this was a real, tangible, nuts-and-bolts, high-tech war that took place. Okay, And so the traditional model doesn't go that far. So the tra traditional model just is locked in, well, maybe uh, Rahab, <clears throat> Leviathan, BMS, maybe there was some kind of giant dinosaur from back in the dinosaur era, you know, or some kind of large creature of some sort, you know, maybe a Leviathan was a crocodile, you know, some big, huge crocodile. Okay, well, I guess on the one hand, you can't blame those who are locked into the traditional model that that's their explanation or things, <clears throat> or that Rahab was a planet because they haven't progressed far enough to understand that these three creatures were top-tiered created beings with God's initial uh, construct of of um, primal power and energies. 
primal power. Keep that in mind. These three beings and Lucifer himself all created with God's initial primal power and energies. So you go back to Job 40 in the description is uh, where only in verse 19, only God who made him, that's behemoth, but could be construed also Rahab and Leviathan can bring near his sword that's God's sword, to slay this creature, okay? Now, if you can, uh, okay, so in Revelation 13, going back there, the second beast, verse 11, then I saw another beast rising out of the earth, another beast that had two, horn, two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon, rising out of the earth. Which of these three is earth-based? It's behemoth. Now picture when this war is going on and they're escaping. Rahab, Leviathan, behemoth are escaping to the outer reaches of the Milky Way galaxy. And they, they're out here in our solar system. And a phase, some kind of weapon systems goes off. And they become phase-locked within their respective planets where they were had fleed to. They became phase-locked. So if you understand that concept, tracking back to the Philadelphia experiment, and there's um, examples on any, you know, you can go like Star Trek, various um, TV series. Um, I'm sure you'll find examples of a phase-locked situation, phase-locked uh, polymerization of flesh and metal or flesh and something else, okay, that that can't be gotten out of, just like the Philadelphia experiment. So Rahab, this is maybe how you can explain how the fifth planet is Rahab. Rahab was a was a dragon slash serpent. Does does a planet sound like a dragon or a serpent to anybody? It's like calling your dog a rock, okay? Hey, I've got a rock at home. It's got four legs and it barks at me. And if you said that to anybody, well, uh, maybe you need to be in a padded room uh, under heavy sedation. You've got some real issues, you know, <laughs> if that's what you think about things. <clears throat> well, so how could Maldek, this fifth planet, be construed as Rahab? Well, this may be the answer, that Rahab became phase-locked within Maldek. Phase-shifted and then phase-locked within Maldek. And Leviathan and Behemoth became phase-shifted and phase-locked within the earth. Leviathan, the, the watery depths, okay, and Behemoth, land-based in the, in the earth, okay, the land. So, and then when the, when the came in directly up close and personal into our solar system, whether it was a... Uh, Star, uh, Death Star type of scenario that blew Maldek to pieces, and or a uh, colliding planet situation where maybe one of the planets from the Nibiru system, okay, the the dark sun system, Nibiru, uh, maybe slammed into the fifth, our fifth planet and uh, shattered both planets in the process. Okay, so either way, there would have been massive destruction and debris going in all directions, including multidimensional directions. So in our natural sensory, you know, there would have been debris that would have gone off into 
alternate realities. Chunks of Maldek, maybe chunks of the other planet. If there was another planet or it was just the Death Star, chunks of Maldek. In the asteroid debris field, if scientists are trying to detect just where did this stuff come from, you know, <clears throat> if it was a collision of planets, there should be evidences of Maldek and evidences of the other planet. If it was only Maldek destroyed by a Death Star, then there would be evidence of only Maldek. Okay. So anyway, if Rahab was phase-locked into the planet of Maldek, when Maldek got blown, so did Rahab. And now Rahab is floating all over in that asteroid debris field. All the remnants of Rahab <clears throat> embedded within the physicality of that debris field. And the scientists in every sense have been trying... And Satan's elite on this planet trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But God won't let them because he's reserving Rahab for the time of the end. And I'm going to then switch over to Revelation chapter 6, the sixth seal. Verse 12, and I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth, as a fig drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Do you suppose the stars of heaven fell to the earth? Do you suppose this might correlate with chapter 12? where the great red dragon and his buddies are cast down to the earth? Could that be a tie-in tie to verse 13 here? As a fig tree drops its late figs when it's shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when a scroll rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Folks, that's a global earthquake. That is a game-changer situation, what's happening here. It's not just an earthquake, a 90 in L.A. or in the Seattle area or a 10 over in Japan, this is a global earthquake, uh, an extinction-level event type of earthquake. This is a kind of earthquake that rips continents apart and sends them to the bottom of oceans, and that which has been under the ocean <clears throat> is raised up as land. Could this six seal... And this global earth-changing earthquake be what causes Atlantis to rise up from the ocean depths. It used to be land, but it sunk beneath the waves long ago. Could this sixth seal be the rising, cause the rising of Atlantis? So Yu-Gi-Oh! portrays that... Uh, Professor Hawkins in, in the submarine has discovered some ancient remains of Atlantis buried deep in the ocean depths and hieroglyphics that backtrack to ancient Egypt. Hieroglyphics and architecturals and everything, you know, buildings, okay, entire buildings and cities under the ocean depths. And folks, off the coast of Cuba, I've got the article, is an entire city buried underwater from millennia ago. Now, nobody's going to build a city underwater, logically. Okay, So that means 
that at one point in the remote past, that city was above water. And there's other cities and other you know, evidences of human civilizations all over the planet under the water that used to be above water. So if we can understand when we have a massive earth changes, when you can have continents that split apart or shatter and now they're sent to the bottom of oceans, and you have what was formerly under the ocean now being brought forth above the water, kind of like a flip-flop. And there might be some parts of the former landmass that stays as a landmass, maybe now as an island. It is believed by some, and I personally believe, that the eastern seaboard of the United States was formerly the western seaboard of, a, of the continent of Atlantis. And that Cuba was part of that continent of Atlantis. Bimini, <laughs> Devil's Triangle. <clears throat> and then you reach over to Azores, and you reach over to Western Europe, and you reach over to Western Africa. Okay. Atlantis was torn apart. The Mid-Atlantic Ridge ripped Atlantis apart. And it was a quick ripping apart. It was a quick. It's not something uh, of continental drift that took millions and millions and billions and billions of years. Okay? It happened almost on a dime, so to speak. It was quick. It was fast. It was horrible. And few men were left. Isaiah chapter 14, read it. And few men were left. Under the traditional model, they they take Isaiah 14 as being uh, as of Noah's flood. Well, okay, so a few men were left. You have Noah's ark, supposedly as a global flood, and only four men survived us, Noah and his three sons. Does that represent few men? If that represents few men, then there weren't that many men nor women before Noah's flood. If only four is a few. <laughs> okay. My opinion is the way that chapter 14 reads, some of the same type of uh, clauses, words, clauses, phrases, uh, backtrack to the story of the Tower of Babel. In Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. Read them for yourself and you decide. Is chapter 14 talking about Noah's flood or is it talking about consequence of what happened at the Tower of Babel? And then few men were left. In other words, the Babel, when you read, if it does connect with Isaiah 14, then the Tower of Babel, what happened back then, was a global catastrophic event, a game changer an extinction-level event that decimated mankind to where only a few were left, not four. If there was only four that survived, I think Isaiah 14 would mention that there's only four, okay? But it mentions only a few were left. So my opinion, Tower of Babel was a global catastrophic event <clears throat> aided by cosmic forces. So what we read about in Revelation and other prophetic books of the end times, in my opinion, can backtrack to the Tower of Babel and can also backtrack to 
Noah's flood and can also backtrack to whatever was here before Genesis 1, verse 2, and the earth had become form and void of life. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, or the abyss. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And where did we read the definition of waters? Revelation 17, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, not just this planet, but within the entirety of the fallen one-third, where many peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues stretched across the fallen one-third, untold number of planets and solar systems, even galaxies, that that fallen one-third encompassed the waters which you saw. All right. Revelation 17, verse 15 is the definition of waters. So when we read the creation account where it mentions waters, not only is it talking about the physical realm of water, but it's now we can understand it's talking about the angelics that existed prior to the angel wars and during the angel wars and afterwards, okay? And then we came on board, although there's possible evidence that uh, mankind had pre-existence. In other words, we were around in the original creation, but not just yet made manifest into our respective roles that were to be assigned if had we been allowed to graduate from our schooling, we would have then been, had our degrees, so to speak, graduated, obtained our degrees to uh, and authentication to rule and reign with Jesus over all creation. But the enemy did not want that to happen, so threw a big curveball into the situation, and so we got what we got. So the six-day ages are really of <clears throat> the restoration of the fallen one-third as per God's bold plan of redemption and salvation unto those who were taken up into this. Okay, we're close to the, close to the three-hour mark here, folks. <laughs> now, I, I didn't even, maybe next time I can read what I've written the last couple days and then stretching into a former week or so. I've written about uh, zeroing in on Rahab, for example, and you'd be surprised how much really is there in, in the God's Word, the Bible, about this. But I also branch off into these various topics talk tonight in dealing with Rahab. <clears throat> and, uh, but I have more to write about it, so hopefully the next time I'm on, I'll have this um, fairly polished up, and I can just read straight through, and it will have lots of scriptures for proof and uh, lots of, you know, scientific reasoning and stuff like that, okay? So hopefully I'll have that presentable next time. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Brother Lauren, for hearing it out. A very, very large, complex amount of information in a pretty short notice and wrapping it all the way around to uh, Genesis and deep into uh, Revelation as well. So thank you so much for your work. 
Uh, God bless you all for joining us tonight, and we will see you, let's see, this Friday at 7 p.m., Lord willing, for the prayer vigil. Thank you, Brother Lauren. God bless you, bro. God bless you all. Thank you. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you, we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your hope. I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.